Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers. I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like y'all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. Today's episode of What Happened When is brought to you by SaveCade.com. And Tony, I think you have outdone yourself. Uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't checked out SaveCade.com, you need to, not just because we'll be able to save some money, but this video is off the damn rails. It's S A V E C A D E. Tony, how in the world did you come up with this? This is proof that you take drugs. Maybe used to. I don't know if I do anymore, but but I do need to say that when I bring up SaveCade, there's a shot of me that looks awfully fat on there. I don't know how that came about. Maybe it's the way I look, but I do want to remind people that you can stop wrestling with debt, put your butt in the seat, fast and easy, no credit check, to be a part of SaveCade.com, Conrad. Well, and what's funny is, you know, the site even says Mortal Kombat, all of your debt. No more hard way or easy way, brother. Uh, maybe that old kitchen's got to go. Maybe you're desperately out of time to pay your house off faster. Well, we want to let you know that you don't need good looking credit. The, your credit doesn't have to look as good as the Z-Man did. And you can own a house with no money down, which is coincidentally how much money Evan Courageous true. You can make this fast and easy. It can even be the greatest night in the history of our great sport when you skip your next two house payments. And maybe you could even lower your monthly payments, which probably would have been helpful when WCW was taken over by Bill Watts and he cut your pay, right, Tony? Yes. You can cut years off your loan, consolidate your debt, stop making the minimum payments. Believe you me, that will get you behind and get a greater tax deduction, Conrad. It's all part of SaveCade.com. And what I love about it is you can own your own home with no money down my favorite thing about the thing though is you fucking dancing and singing i'm not making this up tony shivani dances and sings you've got to see it even if you don't actually need a home loan or need to save money you've got to see tony singing and dancing at savecade.com that's s-a-v-e-c-a-d-e nmls number 65084 equal housing lender Tony Schiavone, StarCast was incredible. Did you go? Maybe you did, and you didn't get to see everything you wanted to see. Or maybe you missed it, 
and there's that one part that you wanted to be a part of. Well, we've got great news for you. It's StarCast a la carte. Yes, StarCast a la carte. Starting at just $4.99, you can see a program you missed or maybe one that you wanted to see again. Hey, Conrad and I had a blast bringing What Happened When to StarCast. And who knew that I could sing that well? Or who knew what really happened between Tommy Young and the Barbarian? To be a part of an event that will be talked about for years to come, go to fight.tv and check out all the shows that you can order, all a la carte. Once again, go to fight.tv. Prices start at only $4.99. And thanks very much for being a slapdick, and thanks very much for your great response to StarCast in Chicago during All-In Weekend. Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When on the MLW Radio Network. Tony Schiavone, I survived. What's going on, man? How are you? Starcast, nothing but Starcast, nothing but Starcast. Conrad Thompson, damn, you did survive, buddy. Not only did you survive, you prospered. Was- you prospered. You are the fucking man. You are the fucking man, and you know you are. Well, but I know you're a humble guy, so you're not going to say anything about it. It was fucking touch and go there for a little while. But I appreciate everybody <laughs> hanging in with us. I have uh, I've been slipping here on my podcast game. There was only so much of me to go around, and there's a lot of me. So uh, I stretched all of me as as far as I could between the three pods and the Patreons and the bonus shows and Starcast. But thankfully, all that silly shit's behind us. And man, we are full steam ahead with a very special edition this week. We've got something pretty fun planned for you. I want you to fire up the WWE network to nitro number 157. It's from September 14th, 1998. And this is the nitro where Ric Flair finally came back to WCW to say I'm excited about this is an understatement. So if you haven't already fire up your WWE network, this is a two and a half hour show. And we're going to get going. Tony, do we need to call in some help from a tag team partner here? Let's bring in uh, the lady herself, the lady who no showed us at uh, Starcast in Chicago. Boo. Uh, yeah, boo. Uh, 
Uh, but she's still dropping weight. She's down 25 pounds. God bless her. Here is Lois Schiavone. Well, what do you know? You guys survived the StarCast. <laughs> Three, two, one, hit play. <laughs> well, we started this program with a kind of a cold open. And this is when we were like starting five minutes before the hour, Conrad, if you'll recall. And this is the Milo Center in Greenville, South Carolina. And these are the Nitro Girls. Look at the signs. Look at the excitement in the arena that night. I need to say something about this, Conrad. I, I guess uh, back in, in the day or back in the, the time that I left wrestling till the time that we started again, I had forgotten almost everything. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm old and I can't remember, or maybe it's just because I wanted to shut things out. But as I have watched the show now again, this truly was one of our greater nights. Well, let me just say, Whisper, Nitro Girl Whisper. Yeah. Down with the thickness. Yeah. I know you don't get the reference, but there was a rock band while you were dead named Disturbed, and they yes. had a song called Down with the Sickness. And uh, whisper right there. I see why the heartbreak kid was infatuated. Roll tide, yeah. kind sir. Roll tide. Yeah, there's a lot of kids who were heartbroken after she hooked up with Shawn Michaels. But we're in Greenville, South Carolina. The building is brand new. It's the Bylow Center at that time. I don't know if they've changed the name or not uh, here in uh, many years since then. But it was like the third event there. And this was a crowd that was absolutely rabid for the horsemen for Ric Flair and was the perfect place to do this. It really, really was. And I had forgotten. I had completely forgotten how big this night was to the point to where if I go back and listen to this now, and if you go back and listen to this now, uh, you'll find out that I said uh, the biggest night in the history, probably like 500 fucking times. <laughs> but in fairness, it was about accurate. And let's start off by talking about what the fuck are you wearing? Well, you, you know, Conrad, this. I know you were like nine years old back in back then, but I was an adult and that's what adults wore. They no, wore those. No adults did not wear double breasted jackets. Like you're going to the goddamn country club. And then this like father Shivani. Now that I understand that shirt was sort of the deal, but not with that Jack. What the fuck happened? Who dressed yeah. you here? Well, I dressed myself back then because Lois wouldn't come to the events, but also I can say I was rather rotund back then. Don't you think I had a lot of a. Well, this is, we've talked about this. This is why WCW went under. I mean, you're about 15 pounds overweight here. And this is when you can see, you know, the wheels start to run off. I think it was because Bischoff was watching on the monitor and would see a little pudge. And he's like, is, is Shivani getting a, sec a second chin? And then yeah. the ratings just, you know, point over point over point tumbled. Well, you know, there, there's probably something to be said for that. Uh, he saw a little pudge. Every time I saw the Nitro girls, I saw a little chub. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, what, kind of, what kind of watch is uh, Zabisco sporting there? Oh, I, uh, listen, it's probably a, a, a cheap ass watch from Walmart because he never spent any of his money. <laughs> well, good for him. Good yeah. for him. I feel like we should remind everybody that you guys just killed the fucking business the night before in Winston Salem. Uh, instead of doing a traditional war games at Fall Brawl, you did three teams of three. Stevie Ray was in the fucking main event. He was in a war games yeah. and, uh, there was smoke and it, the, the warrior was in it. 
And you know, this is back to back years. Now you've really shit the bed on war games the year prior. <laughs> Look at Mike today. Yeah. Just backpedaling in the park. He's doing some 40, 40 drills here. <laughs> yeah, he is. As a matter of fact, we sent Mike today out, uh, Conrad, and y- you don't realize this. We told Mike, we said, Mike, take the microphone. You dumbass, and go out and interview this, uh, limousine. So there he's trying to talk to the limousine itself. There, there, and, there, and there can, WWE uh, hall of famer. Yeah. James as Dudley. You, <laughs> as you can tell. The limousine will not talk back. So he jogs his fat ass out. Uh, boy, he was losing his hair back then, as you can tell. Out to the airplane and almost got caught in this. This guy, this guy even blew his lines. Uh, sir, uh, I have nothing to say. But yeah, but get the fuck out of here is what they said. And they almost took off and sucked his hair right up in that turbo right there. So this was Mike Tanay. Mike Tanay was going to find out, damn it, if Ric Flair was going to be there or not. And now we go to the open. So there was that little five minutes right before the open. And now let's hit it hot because, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be the greatest nitro in the history of all nitros. This one right here. It is. Listen, it does have a really, really great moment here. But I can't just stress how fucking awful the night before was. The main event got negative four stars in the Observer. It also had a Silver King match on pay-per-view. My God. This is real. My God. Uh, can I mention something right here before we go even further? Yes. I had a, I had a very good bowel movement. Believe, no, uh, yeah, well, I had those too. No, I had a very good discussion. I had a very good talk. Wait a minute. Mike Tanay out here with, uh, uh, two guys. Uh, who are you? You are Armstrong's, I guess. So I guess we're going to fucking interview you and to say this is a setup or not. Watch out. Uh, my mama told me. That you motherfucking rednecks from Georgia was going to come out here and talk. I'm going to kick your fucking ass. Look at J.J. Dillon peeking out from the window there. What the fuck is going on here? I'm going to kick you guys' ass. And Mike Tanay, of course, being the ballsy guy that he is, says, you know what, Ernest? Get the fuck out of here. We're going to interview these two slap dicks. And, of course, no one saw this coming that Ernest would kick their ass down. Uh, so, anyway... <laughs> I thought Ernest was Look funny. at Bobby the like Brain Heenan just lurking back there in the background. <laughs> just I lurking. loved Ernest the Cat. Yeah. But why is he beating up the Armstrongs? Uh, because, you know, because my I'm, I'm the greatest of all time. And now he's going to try to beat up the, I don't know who else he's going to try to Norman beat up Norman Smiley. Here. He had a match with Norman Smiley okay. last all night. Right. All right. So if, if I can continue this story, who do you think I ran into at StarCast, and who came up and talked to me and went, Tony Schiavone, how you doing? Wade Keller. Well, yeah, him too. Dave Meltzer. Absolutely, Dave Meltzer. And? I, we, had a, we had a nice little chat, and I'm so glad I didn't bring up anything. He didn't bring up anything, but I'm so glad he realizes that this is all just in fun. No, he's always known. The only issue with him is when you know, people attack him on Twitter, but right. I mean, listen, right. I've been, I could not have been more clear with everybody that this is an entertainment show. Like, right. For goodness sake, the things we say on the show are so over the top and ridiculous. The idea that anyone would take any of it very seriously. It's just ridiculous. So yeah, Dave gets it. He understands. And by the way, he went in the wrestling media hall of fame over the weekend. Did he really? He did. Where is that located? Is well, actual they, just, hall of fame? they just made it up, but okay. Yeah. Uh, it's like every other wrestling hall of fame, I guess. Yeah. That's right. It's all made up. So I, it's, it's just like everything in pro wrestling. I, 
So, well, good. If there is a wrestling media, Dave Meltzer should be in that of Hall course. of Fame. I don't think there's a question. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And it was a uh, wrestling media con over in um, jolly old England over the weekends where he went in. All right. So, this is the Nitro you were so fired up about. Yeah. Tell us what we're mind. looking at here. We've got Van Hammer in Tada and yeah. Alex Wright's in the ring. I feel like right now this is something that uh, my boy booked. Oh, I, I'm. I'm sure he loved it. I'm sure he had a little bit of wood in the back there. Now, I want you to take note on something here. Alex Wright, as this match starts, is going to put his hands over his ears because the people are booing. And you know why the people are booing? Well, it's a good reason to boo because Van Hammer's coming in the ring. But they're booing because they want to see Flair fucking now. They don't have to wade through the slapdick bullshit. They want to see Ric Flair right now. Come on out here. We know he's coming out here. And they are like fucking pissed. And now they're going to see what Alex Wright, Das Wonderkin, and this fucking whatever he is gimmick is now. Well, but in fairness, there was a strategy to waiting until you were head to head with raw and making well, it course. count and all that. The night before was no better. Uh, people in Winston-Salem were ready for Ric Flair. They were chanting. We want flair, right? We want flair. And we're going to get that throughout the night here as well. I guess we should remind everybody he had been off TV for the better part of a year uh, at the prior fall brawl going back to 1997. They did a storyline where a couple of weeks before Arn Anderson gave his spot, not any spot, not a liver spot, not your dog yeah. spot, but his spot to the former Mr. Perfect. And of course right. at the war games, it was horseman versus the NWO. And Kurt revealed that he had double crossed the horseman and he was in fact joining the NWO. And then he slammed the steel cage door on Ric Flair's head. And then real life Flair was getting some plastic surgery done the very next day. So they showed surgery footage the next day on nitro as a way to explain his absence. And then in the meantime, as they're trying to figure out what the plans are going to be, thunder pops off and he's supposed to be back. And they needed him to make a last minute appearance when he had requested off to go to his son Reed's wrestling tournament to the point that they even had to agree to charter a private plane in order to make it work. But then when Bischoff said that flair was going to have to pay for the plane, he no showed and a giant pissing contest ensued. That's the only way I know to explain it. Is that fair to say? Yeah, boy, there was a lot of pissing contests going on, but this was a big one. No question about that. And of course, those pissing contests, what happens? They eventually hurt business. No doubt. You yeah. know, and, and, and it's unfortunate because they had stretched this out for months and months and months. And I guess the, the legal odds really started in like April that thunder was in Tallahassee and there was a plan somewhere along the way to announce a new four horsemen which Bischoff had sort of ran hot and cold on depending on who you believe. But the idea here was to have, at least this is what Meltzer reported that it would be Ric Flair, Lex Luger, Bill Goldberg, and Kevin green as the four horsemen with Arn Anderson as a manager. What do you think of that potential horseman lineup? Kevin green, Goldberg, Luke. Mm, uh, well, I, uh, I think Kevin Green would have fit in every bit as well as Steve McMichael did. Uh, and I, I think Goldberg as a horseman is kind of intriguing. And I thought when I had kind of heard that rumor, uh, and I only heard it as a rumor as most people had, 
uh, I was kind of intrigued by it. Um, but, uh, you know, the horsemen we're going to see coming out here, Dean Malenko at two foot one, uh, and, uh, Chris Benoit coming out and Steve Mongo McMichael were not the strongest group of horsemen you could find. Luger probably because he had been a horseman before would have been a pretty good one. And here comes Ernest, the cat miller out to dis- disrupt this one. And I want to tell you, I don't know. You, they're probably not going to show it again, but that kick of the head to Van Hammer was legit. That was yeah, it was, that was a stiff motherfucking kick is what that was. Well, Hammer deserved it in fairness. Yeah, of course he did. Hammer time, back of the fucking head, down you go. Basically what it is. One of the other suggestions that made the dirt sheets at the time was that maybe there was talk of replacing Mongo. So just keep Malenko, keep Benoit, but let's slide Mongo out right. and slide. And these are two names that were directly from the observer, Barry Windham which I can't imagine in 1998 or Eddie Guerrero, which wow. I, which I guess when you consider that Malenko and Benoit are in would have been something else, but there is something weird about Eddie Guerrero being a four horseman. Don't you think? Yeah, it's, it's funny. And it almost now, now, as we watch this show along, there is a little spat that Eddie Guerrero has with Eric Bischoff in the show. It's very, very small. We didn't even refer to it. We didn't discuss it that much. And it's almost as if that was put in there, done to quell the rumor of Eddie Guerrero being a horseman. Well, this is around the same time that the Eddie Guerrero coffee story had come out. So there is, you know, the whole Eddie Guerrero, Eric Bischoff coffee incident in, in, in the waves there. I, I do, I do sort of, you know, this is weird for us to talk about being two white dudes from the South. But serious business, isn't it hard to imagine? And I don't know why, but it just feels like a foreign concept that there may have been a luchador in the four horsemen. And I know that Eddie Guerrero is not a typical Mexican wrestling star, no right. doubt. But still, that feels like an odd fit to me. Now, don't get me wrong. Based on the other people in the group, it makes total sense. However, when I think back to like the 1986 version if Manny Fernandez was in there, some other Hispanic wrestler, I would have been like, what the fuck that the, right. it feels out of place, but for some reason with Benoit and Malenko, oh no, it makes total sense. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It, no, it, it's not weird. And it's not being quote unquote, a racist or being a redneck from the South or being a slap dick. Like you are sure slap dick and a redneck from the South. It just, it seems odd. It, and in the, in the same breath. Bill Goldberg seems odd to be no, in there. Absolutely. He does. But yeah. I, I don't know. Just to me, like if junkyard dog would have joined, I don't even think right. that I'm, I'm intentionally making this a racist thing. I just, right. Like if fucking glacier, I mean, like what? Like the, some of these names just don't make any sense. And to me, Eddie Guerrero is one that is a bit of a head scratcher when you compare it to the old era. But when you look at who's in the current version here makes total sense, but I don't know. It's weird to just to see the way the horseman sort of evolved. And in a weird way, even though I was a horseman fan, I kind of wish that it would have died sooner. Yeah, you know? I know. Uh, a little funny thing here. And I want to respond to that, but a little funny thing here. We pitched to Gene and Gene's not in the ring. By the way, <laughs> look at this ass clown in the second row here. Uh-huh. With, a, with a sign that says Megan, I love you. I'm going to find that guy and beat the shit out of him. You, you ought to, we, uh, we ought to. We ought to have Dave Silver, somebody who 
pours over these this video footage to find this guy, and you know he's probably he's probably like in his eighties now. But but the fact is that fuckers in his eighties now mean you could probably beat his ass. Absolutely. What we'd do is we'd yeah. send Jeff Jones uh, to beat him up. Jeff Jones is uh, he's got those Twitter fingers, and he would beat the shit out of these guys. Well, uh, what are Twitter fingers? Uh, it just means he runs his mouth on the Twitter machine. Oh, got it. Got I, it I made a mistake. You, you ever have a friend you've been friends with for a long time and you introduce him to a different group of friends and then yeah. he finds a way to just piss off everybody. Yeah. That's my yeah. buddy, Jeff Jones. Yeah. Well, you know, does he listen to this? I don't, I mean, somebody's going to tell yeah. him about it, even if he doesn't. Okay. Right? Well then now I should say, Jeff Jones, you go fuck yourself. Do you know who you're, you know, you're fucking with. No, no, he's not fucking with me. We're still great friends. Like he's, oh, really? one my, he's one of my very best friends. It's just all my yeah. other friends hate him now. I hate him too. It's sort it's sort of like being friends with Bruce Pritchard. Oh my like God. He's my good friend, but like, I can't count five other people who like him. Right. right. So like Bischoff, right. JBL. And then I realized as I'm saying that out loud, everybody else hates them too. Right. So maybe that's how they all just get along. Yeah. They should have t-shirts. Everybody hates us. Yeah. T-shirts. Well, I'll have that shit up before we get done recording today. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, very interesting here. Uh, I know he had kind of, this was him kind of turning baby face. He was kind of a heel, but they are booing the shit out of Bret Hart here. Well, because they're in flair country, baby. Exactly. They're in flair country. Had this been in Toronto, somewhere in Canada, somewhere in the Northeast that had been cheering the hell out of Bret Hart. So Bret Hart comes in. Gene Oakland is talking to him about some of the stuff that he had done. And Bret Hart's going to say something to the effect of, you know, I, I, I left my house, uh, and I, uh, and I, uh, I, I, I did a little uh, soul searching about me, and I have a feeling that uh, uh, I am going to regret many of the decisions that I made. I, I thought this was a very, very good, heartfelt interview. I thought he did a great job with it. Uh, by, by the because- way, I think I think Bret Hart's promos from '97, '98 are the best of his career. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had some substance to us. This, this promo here had substance to it. In other words, he was asking for forgiveness and he, uh, and oddly enough being in flair country. And of course on the best there was the best there ever will be, whatever, you know, kind of greats on flair fans, right? They kind of go, yeah, fuck you. It's Ric Flair. So, but he was able to turn the fans during this interview. And I thought that was pretty remarkable. He didn't turn them completely around, but they booed him like shit when he came out. And then they were kind of cheering him after Roddy Piper walks out. So I thought this was, this was very, very well done. Well, I, uh, I gotta say I'm a Bret Hart fan, but Bret Hart and WCW yeah, not no. always his best stuff. No, and I don't not. think it's necessarily his fault. I think it's the way you guys booked him. And then you had Goldberg kick his fucking head off. Right. No, wait a minute. I don't think we went out there and told Goldberg, oh, Hey, go yeah. out there and kick his fucking head. No, off. listen, I, I read that new guy Evans WCW nitro book and they've got a transcription from the back where somebody's telling Goldberg before they go out, Hey, we're tired of this Canadian hero drawing us money in Canada. Go, go kill this town. Kick his head okay. in the third row. I'm, I'm sorry. Whose book is this? Guy Evans. 
I don't remember a guy Evans in WCW. Was no, he, 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 no, he interviewed 120 office people from Turner. Oh, did he really? Okay. Well, wow. Great job, guy. Great fucking job. You weren't fucking there. You don't fucking know. Yeah, I was. You weren't there, guy. You don't fucking know. Yeah. Remember that. That's going to be a t-shirt. You weren't there, comma, you don't fucking know. And put fucking in red. Okay, there's another t-shirt. Did you say that to Dave Meltzer when you were jacking him off in the halls of StarCast? I, I, I went, uh, ooh, ooh, Dave. You weren't there, but you knew what I did. <laughs> hey, so where did you run into him? In the green room or uh, up front no, signing no, autographs? Actually, uh, actually, when we did, uh, when we did after, uh, after our show, when I did the, uh, the meet and greet and was there with, uh, well, you did a no show on that cause you were busy, but, uh, Meltzer and was coming in after me and he came up right up to the table and slapped his hands. Hey, Tony Giovanni went, Hey Dave Meltzer, my son, Matt took a picture of it and I sent it to a bunch of people say, there you go. I was talking to Dave Meltzer and he's, and, a, uh, he's a super nice guy. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he is. Hey, so if you had to pick right now, we got Roddy Piper cutting one hell of a promo on Bret Hart here. A couple of Canadian heroes, right? Who would you, uh, who would you say all time will have the better, bigger and better legacy in wrestling? If you had to pick one between these two guys, yes, sir. Gene Okerlund. Oh, fuck off. Don't go. With <laughs> C. Come on. No, it's, it, it's Roddy Piper. I'm going the other way. I'm Bret Hart. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, you know, Roddy's uh, legacy is still alive in the WWE with Ronda Rousey now. Well, you're saying Natty Neidhart doesn't exist? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. But there is also Teddy Hart in MLW. Yeah, the, the Hart family is, is still alive and kicking, baby. I'm just and saying, I'm, I'm, to me, and, and I, I respect what Piper did, but I think Piper, like, he was a big deal before I was really watching like WrestleMania right. one was before my time. And I, maybe if I was around to see that and all the stuff you saw of him in mid Atlantic, maybe I'd feel differently. Yeah. But for me, I'm Bret Hart is, is the more lasting legacy here, but I'm with yeah. you on mean gene being more of an institution. I mean, mean gene is doing commercials today on television. Right. I know he is. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, we, we tease mean gene so much about his kidney problems that he had, not we, ha you, you make, oh, I, I teach gene about his kidney problems. And, you know, to be honest with you, uh, he, he was really suffering back in the WCW era and, uh, because he, but it, because he was looking for a kidney and I think they finally killed somebody and found him a kidney. Uh, that's just a rumor I heard. Uh, don't go repeating that. Uh, but I think there's somebody did get knocked off in a back alley in, uh, in Dansbury, Connecticut. Oh, there you go. I, I think that they're, uh, they're making little collector plates up there. Yeah, I think they are too. And so are, are, uh, the, are they kidney shaped <laughs> kidney shaped collectors? Plates. That's a good one. <laughs> you were about to step on me. I was like, hang on, hang on. I hadn't delivered the line yet. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> All right, folks, well, we'll be back right after this. I have no idea what's going on, but when Roddy Piper's here, you don't have to. We'll be back after these words. Oh, baby. What a, what a show, man. We, we, we started off with an ass-kicking match, didn't we? Van fucking hammer. It's only going to get better from here. WCW Monday. Promotional considerations brought to you by Slim Jims. 
Snap into a beefy, juicy taste. That beefy, juicy taste will make your heart explode. Oh, yeah. By the way, I just had some of uh, JR's beef jerky over the weekend. Did you really? Yeah, he gave me a whole care package. And um, my person hasn't been here this week. So I'm rummaging around like, oh, God, I don't have anything to eat here. No one's taking care of me. What do I have in this drawer over here? And there's like all this food I could make, but you know, fuck that. And then there's that yeah. beef jerky and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this. I don't even like teriyaki, but I'm going to do this. Hey, turns out shit is awesome. And I can Damn, confirm, right uh, it's got a great shelf life. <laughs> shit does not Tremendous. expire. The, the packaging is outstanding. It's airtight. Get you some at JR's barbecue. How was, uh, I didn't, you know, I was there. I had gone before JR arrived. How was he good? Oh, it was tremendous. Good. It was great. He had uh, Ray Mysterio and Cody Rhodes join him on stage and, uh, talk a little wrestling. So it was great. And fans were excited to meet him and we were happy. He was able to swing it, especially during football season. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, also I'd like to, uh, I'm really, uh, I was really thrilled. <laughs> Might as well bring this up here right now. I was really thrilled. And if you go to fight.tv, you'll understand why to see Scott Steiner come. <laughs> oh, fuck you. Why would you even do that? I can't believe you're bringing this up. So I guess we should tell everybody, especially if you're a listener to this show uh, that we tried to pull out all the stops on our, our, what happened when, and I booked as a surprise guest. Yeah. Barbarian. Yeah. And Tommy young. Right. And Medusa. Yeah. And Medusa comes out and serenades you. And yes. damn near straddles you almost yes. gives you a lap dance on stage. Yes. And we simulate what it would be like if you were riding her hog. Yeah. I mean, it, it was phenomenal. And then Tommy young comes out and kills right. the whole fucking show and just <laughs> takes over and talks for 45 minutes and tells us his life story. And then barbarian comes out and Tommy young sprints for his fucking life. And to my surprise, barbarian had not only heard the show, but his family members had heard the show. Right. And he was not happy about it. And when I booked him, that didn't come up at all until right. he's on stage. I didn't explain why he was there at all. Right. But he knew. <laughs> yes, he did. And he told the whole real story. And by the way, it's not any different than ours. <laughs> it is the exact same story. It's not made up. <laughs> and then, you know, at the end, to my surprise, Fucking Music. Scott Steiner is there yeah. and you, I assume booked that shit because uh, somebody had to give the guy in the back, the music wasn't yeah. me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was, <clears throat> I was surprised as you were to hear his music come out. Uh, and true to form, Scott Steiner is a fucking maniac as you are. They said, did, uh, did Conrad run off? I said, no, he limped off cause that's as good as he could do at that time. I don't know if you knew this or not. You know, we had these big, heavy chairs. He threw one he, and broke it. He, he threw one of those big fucking chairs. Yeah. Which I'm sure Starcast had ended up paying for. No, but I, he had, I bought, I bought them. So, I mean, yeah, th those chairs got one day's use before Scott Steiner fucking broke them. And wow. And then he went out and said something I don't need to repeat on the show. Uh, and which was probably, and, and everybody went, Ooh, and then as I'm laughing, of course, he stalks me off the stage. Oh, I didn't even see that. I was fucking out yeah. of there. Yeah, I know. You went one way. I went the other when he stalked me off stage. And then I finally, he, you know, dropped the microphone and 
and took off. So I picked up the microphone, tried to say something funny. Thank you very much for coming. Conrad will change his pants later. Uh, and that was about it. So that was the end of the show. And uh, I thought uh, seeing you move that fast was pretty fucking cool. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> so it was. So there, to the point to where, you know, I may just go, uh, I may go to the, uh, I may go to the, have dinner at the Shoney's in Ackworth one day. Well, and have, we can, have fun. Yeah. I'm not going. Um, yeah. Well, well, that's fine because I mean, he'll come sit down and sit down with me and we'll probably just motherfuck you for like an hour. Well, if you'd uh, like to see this, by the way, it is available on replay fight.tv forward slash Starcast, and, uh, shows over there on replay started just like four bucks, 99 cents. So under five bucks, you can, right. uh watch some of that by the way in the ring we've got uh perry saturn and is he trying to jump on kendall windham here yeah he was trying to jump on kendall windham and kendall wrestling in his jeans moved out of the way notice that kendall's got that black glove on that's a family heirloom i guess did he pick it up in prison hey yes he made uh, he made about 35 counterfeit versions of that glove but he's got the original you know i was uh, told um i can't say who told me But somebody told me once that, uh, blackjack had given them his only black glove. And I met five other people who told me the exact same story. Three of which, you know, who swear they have blackjack's only black glove. And I I guess blackjack would just like cut the tips off. (laughs) This was my only. (laughs) I would. I'd pay a little bit of money for Blackjack's original glove, man. But you know, he's my ask Dick Bourne. He's got one of the, he's got the only one. Wink, wink. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, God love Dick Bourne. Uh, what did you say? You love Dick? What? No, I guess Dick Bourne didn't show up at Starcast. No, he big leagued us. He, uh, I think he said that a new gas station opened in Mount Airy. He didn't want to miss it. Yeah. I'm going to text that motherfucker right now. Say, you know, okay, yeah, fuck Dick Bourne. He didn't show up to StarCast. You know, we had we had a lot of other slot slap dicks came from further away. Dude, I had people there from Italy, Brazil, yes. Japan. Right. This motherfucker can't come from North Carolina. Right. Even God, Jay-Z with his Cajun filet biscuit. Yeah. Okay. A- AKA his wife. All right. Can make it. Yeah, I, I need to say if I need to say a few words about Jay-Z and Casio kid. Okay. They certainly married up. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Those guys know how to sell. Uh, it is, it is unbelievable that a girl like big booty, Judy, who is just a sweetheart and a nice girl as she can be. And Chelsea, who is not only gorgeous, but is absolutely funny, man. When she talks, she just has me in stitches because she got that real Southern voice and they are such nice young ladies. And then I'm looking, I kind of, as they're talking to me, I'm looking over to my right or my left and I see their husbands there and I'm thinking, what the fuck happened? Well, in fairness, that's like going around my crew. Is it not like me and my betrothed? Like we're the out kicking the coverage crew. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But it's just absolutely amazing. And yeah, I mean, look, Jay Z from up in fucking North Carolina somewhere made it. I'm sure he, he commandeers some sort of state trooper car, turn on the blue lights and drove to Chicago in two hours. Yeah. No one Ch- chugging vodka and yeah. And, right. and, uh, powering through as many Cajun filet biscuits as he can. 
Jesus Christ. And I'm I'm glad I'm I'm glad to let you know that if you go back and listen to last week's uh, Starcast interview type uh, podcast we did, one guy went out, came out and did a promo on Jay Z, which was absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So we had a lot of fun with those promos. Uh, this match is getting a lot of uh, getting a lot of time here uh, between Saturn and Kendall Wyndham, and this is just kind of a match to kind of set up the program that's going on with Saturn had defeated, I think, Raven, and by defeating Raven at Fall Brawl, he freed the flock. And now we're going to see here Raven trying to get the flock back, and uh, and uh, so that was the storyline going on here. We're kind of like a, in the middle of a little transition period here. Boy, did that foot miss or fucking what? I feel like I should mention here that um, this flare lawsuit thing is really taking over the newsletters around this time because we know he's coming back and we're trying to break down exactly why. Right. As a reminder, the show we missed was April 9th in Tallahassee and then all subsequent appearances because there's this big impasse. And his son, Reed, was supposed to be wrestling in the 112-pound weight class in the 9 and 10 age group in Pontiac, Michigan. And so Reed captures the title. So I guess Rick felt super justified in missing the date, especially since he asked for it off ahead of time. And a few days later, Bischoff holds a meeting with all the wrestlers and just runs down Flair and attacks his character, calling him a swerve and a, and a bullshit artist and a con artist and claims he's going to sue him into bankruptcy. And it came across so strong that a lot of the guys assume, oh, he's just trying to work the boys. Right. But then a few days later, WCW files a $2 million lawsuit against Flair for no showing four house show dates and disrupting WCW's planned storylines, including the reintroduction of the horseman. When you hear about this meeting, what's your reaction? I thought he was working the boys too. I, I thought it was all at work. And then when I heard about the lawsuits, you know what I really thought then? I thought the lawsuits were a work too. I thought it was just a gigantic big swerve going on. So that was my reaction to that. And, and again, I'm, I was the type of guy that didn't believe anything that I saw or anything that I heard. I, I really took everything that I heard with a grain of salt because I know how the business is. And the business it was to the point to where they were. And they, even it, it, it even grew from this. But the, the, the thing of trying to work the boys kind of started back at this era. And then, of course, when Vince Russo comes along, they even, you know, even picked it up, picked up the steam on that. So I didn't believe any of it, but I guess it was real, right? Well, it certainly feels that way because these guys continue this back and forth for months and months. And I guess we should remind you that Flair was already under contract. Um, not necessarily a contract, but he had like a deal memo of sorts. That right. was going to pay him through early 2001. Right. And he's going to earn like $725,000 in 98 and 99 with 220 possible working days. And then half a million in 2000 with a much lower number of working days. But they keep mailing the checks to his house and Flair's not cashing them because he feels like to do so would hinder his lawsuit. Finally, Perry Saturn gets the win here. 
Yeah, and this uh, Ravens going to here come the here comes the flock led by of course uh, one-eyed uh, Scotty Riggs and uh, Sick Boy and Horace with a stop sign. Then of course, fucking Kidman. Uh, why look? I always thought Eric was, and this is why I never believed this meeting with the boys. Why I believe it was a work. Eric came across to me as a pretty shrewd businessman. You had to be a pretty shrewd businessman to be able to take this piece of shit WCW and elevate it like he did. Why would anybody who's a shrewd businessman go out and talk to the boys and bury Ric Flair like this? I, it just seemed to me it was a work. I just, I don't know. The character flaw. Clearly. In other words, his anger overtook him. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's one of the only things that Bischoff will say, Oh, wish I had that to do over again, because in the scheme of things, it's silly shit. You know I mean? Yeah. He wanted to miss one show to go see his son wrestle. Meanwhile, how many, how many wrestlers here claim to fucking hangnail and laid out? Yeah, I know. So here now we got uh, Raven, you know, he's trying our, uh, Saturn as Raven is up in the stands, he goes over and he tells Horace Hogan, you're a hell of an athlete. Uh, you're a, you know, you are the Hogan family. You're one of the greatest, uh, toughest workers in the gym. And he said, and Horace Hogan said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm no longer in the flock. I'm done as well. Then I thought it was very interesting that he would turn around and look, as you can see Raven and Raven's mom. That's what I think every time I see Raven and he's talking to sick boy, great talent, sick boy. I mean, he's doing a great job of pointing to the guys and say, you know what? All you guys are tremendous. And then I thought it was very, very hilarious. If you go back, he points to Lodi and he says, Lodi, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Get out of here. Then he points to Kidman. He said, Kidman, you're banging Tory Wilson. What do you need Raven for? What do you need any of us motherfuckers for? And so I just thought that was a funny part of this whole interview. And that's how that interview went. And Raven and uh, Canyon, you know, depart and all the flock leave Raven at that time. I, uh, not a bad angle, you know, I shared a, did you catch up with Raven at Starcast? He was there. No, did not. You know what? I think it's because he came in as you were leaving. He came in Friday afternoon late and you were getting out of there. Anyway, let me, let me, let me tell you, let me interrupt here and tell you the way professionals handle themselves during these conventions. Okay. It's good to be able to, to, to meet people, to meet the guys that you haven't seen before, but my job was to work there. So if I'm going to be standing up doing interviews, I'm not going to run around saying hello to everybody. I'm going to do my work. Just thought I'd let you know a little bit about me. That's how I was. So I didn't get the hobnob with everybody like I did, or like I wanted to. Uh, I did see JJ cross paths. I saw Tully. Of course, I saw Haku and the Barbarian, which was, they were wonderful to see. Uh, and I saw Ron Funches. I saw, Je- of course, I saw Jeff Jarrett because every time you'd stop real quick, Jeff Jarrett's head fell up your ass. <laughs> saw- <laughs> Here comes Conrad. I bet you Jarrett's finding him. There he is. <laughs> we were right. Uh, and, uh, of course, Siles saw DDP. Uh, but, uh, didn't get to see Raven. Didn't get to see Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Jr. Of course, a lot of people that I, I really wanted to see. I didn't get to see. Am I allowed to talk? Yeah. Okay. So I was saying, I, I spent some time with Raven yeah. and I shared a, uh, a cab or an Uber to, um, all in 
with Raven. Right. Actually, it's the most random Uber ride of my life. Shotgun is K Dog Conan. <laughs> Behind me is Chad Diamati, who we see a lot doing the backstage WCWWrestling.com things. Right. And to my left, Raven. My God. And somehow podcasting, of course, comes up. Right. And I felt like, you know what? I probably ought to explain this whole Raven's mom thing in case somebody has hit him up about this already. Cause he may not know that we're not talking about his real mom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That'd you know, be good. I mean, just in case, like, Hey, yeah. by the way, uh, so I explained it mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, <laughs> what? that's it. I explained that- it. You just imagine that. how you would explain that to someone and how right. fucking dumb it sounds <laughs> right. in real life to explain right. because me and you, we were here when it, when it was born and created right. and it made total sense to us and all of our listeners. Right. But out of context, if you've never heard the show before and you're not familiar with it, but you know that there is a podcast with Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson, and then you find out that they've done a song about your mom. And the guy's trying to explain it. Yeah. It's got to be the fucking weirdest sounding thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would agree. So Raven had not heard it. No, and, and, not- and, and I had to try to sing it to explain it because. Oh, did you really? <laughs> well, because the deal is, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. And then we did the song about your mom. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I got to explain that a little more than what I just did there. Remember that song, Stacy's mom? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's how it sounds. Okay. Well, right? here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and just in that moment, I'm like, what the fuck is my life right now? Conan's like flown here on a red eye. He's asleep in the front seat. WCWWrestling.com is in the back. Like what the fuck is going on? And then Raven is just staring at me and sees my mouth moving. But he's like, why am I fucking here? What happened? I'm in a van in the suburbs of Chicago. And this mortgage guy is singing a song that Tony Schiavone made up about a horrible thunder vignette from 21 years ago. And I've got to just fucking grin and bear it. Oh. Sort of like what wrath is having to do here mm. with a pump handle slam over what looks like a, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like if there was a cosplay to talk a dick dancer, <laughs> it's, it's renegade and it's renegade finally being used as a job guy, not the world television champion. Like he was three years prior. So I was, I was accurate on Dick Dancer. You were? Yeah. Okay. Well, the fans here are still waiting for Flair to come out. And, of course, I think we did a very good st- story here. And not only that, we, are, we got, which I think is very cool, we have, oh, I kind of remember how Liz was involved in this this time. I don't know. But there's your man. The disciple who, by the way, was at Starcast and was a, a willing participant in the roast. Have you seen that yet? I've not seen the roast. No, I got to get you a code so you can check it out. Yeah. I want to check it out. Was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, they, they had a lot of fun making fun of me and a lot of fun making fun of Bruce and Jeff Jarrett. And Hey, here's a great joke that happened at the rest. I think this is Dan St. Germain. Are you familiar with his work? Nope. He is tremendous. He's got a new album out. You got to check it out. Uh, just look up Dan St. Germain. Anyway, okay. he's ripping on Jeff Jarrett. 
And he yeah. says the most memorable angle Jeff Jarrett's ever been in is Karen. <laughs> wow. That's a good joke. That is a good joke. <laughs> wow. That is Eric Bischoff's pen is bigger than Vince McMahon's. I like that sign. That was very fucking cool, man. Uh, they do. This is uh, this is a little interview, everyone. I know you're excited about this. This is a little interview to further the Hulk Hogan warrior angle, which is uh, absolute awful horseshit. The night before on Fall Brawl, uh, Smoke filled the ring, and then it looked like the warrior was laying there, and then Smoke filled the ring, and he disappeared, and then he ran down the aisle as if he weren't wasn't there all along. Gets in the ring and then eventually warrior, uh, kicks his way through the top of the cage. And then when he lands on the outside, sprains his ankle, yeah. gets in a pull apart brawl with Hulk Hogan, tears his bicep. Yeah. Uh, this is yeah a fucking train wreck from yep. the word go. Yes, it is. Not only, and you know, uh, if you were excited about the smoke that filled the arena in the ring at fall brawl. Well, guess what, Conrad? Strap in, because <laughs> we're going to have it here. At first, it's it's almost as if somebody's lit a bong, and and maybe the disciple is carrying uh, you know the stuff for Hulk Hogan, and they decided to you know burn a few here, because it's going to fill the ring, and of course, the disciple is going to be gone, which I'm sure you're very excited about. Uh, but this was, I don't know. I thought this was look. As an end result of what happened at uh, Fall Brawl and then their godforsaken match they had at Halloween Havoc, the very next one, it was all a real shitty fucking deal. But I didn't mind this too much, this angle leading up to it. Wow. I mean, we, we've, we, we've, we've said that the uh, Ultimate Warrior uh, long interview that he did was a uh, a highly rated part of nitro, right? Didn't we say that at the time it was the highest rated in the history of Monday night wrestling. It got a 6.4. Right. But of course it died a fucking miserable death. After sure. That. But there was some interest in it. I don't think there's any question about that. There was some interest in it. And, uh, so, uh, notice how the disciple is just, you know, I can just tell he's seething right now. He's just staring into the camera. He's staring all the way into the camera, right into your eyes. Conrad saying that motherfucker, calls me Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake all the time. And I'm going to get that motherfucker is what I'm going to do. Look at that. Look how that, that chin is stuck out. There's a frown on that face. Uh, and and uh, here we go. The, the, uh, it's going to fill up with smoke. And, and again, the fans here are like, you know, fuck, bring out Goldberg, bring out Flair, fuck him. And what is that? Goldberg drinks what? I don't know. There's a Clemson fan to the left over there. With his sign, of course, Clemson, number two in the country, as we know. Uh, Hogan is a fossil. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, at least that's what they thought at that time. And uh, But, uh, again, not a bad angle. Didn't have a problem with this angle at all. I think this is as good as you could do with who was in it. And that's my thought on that. I uh, I can't believe you thought this was... Okay. Oh, here we go. 
Now, I thought they did a hell of a job here. I don't know what I don't know what happened in the arena, but they did a hell of a job when the smoke clears. No disciple. So that's because well, got a, this is allegedly the era where the British Bulldog would get hurt on a trap door the night before is when he supposedly hurt himself on the trap door and would famously yeah. be injured for a long time to the point where he had to be hospitalized. This is so but, dumb smoke and disappearing wrestlers. This is dungeon of doom 1998 style. Yeah. Okay. And, and I agree with that, but, but here's my thought on all this. And, and I really, and I really, not trying to defend you can't defend everything that we did because we did a lot of silly shit. But here is the here's the fact. We got fucking thunder. We got this show. I brought it up a hundred times. You gotta try something different instead of just a fucking run in and a promo. You gotta try something that you really, really do. And that's why I didn't have a problem with this at all. Now we go back to the set, Tony Shivani and the Living Ledge. God, I was so fucking fat there. Holy fucking shit. Oh, God. Oh, well. I guess life was good back then, so that's why I was fat. Well, I guess my life's been good my whole life. (laughs) It could be. It could be. I think your life's been damn good. No, it has. I'm not complaining. Right. I mean, I'm I'm in my my home studio with my dog, Ginger, asleep under my chair. Right. And I'm talking to Tony Schiavone about wrestling. And at the end of this, I'm getting paid to do it. Yeah. Right. Life's been good to me so far. And your house is in Huntsville, which as we all know, is in the middle of the meth belt of the South. That's not true. And, and, and and you're, you know, you're like, uh, you live on this, on this bluff and you live high. You can look down on it. You got it made, man. You got it made. Oh, speaking of who had it made at this time, take a look at this, man. Man, if if I was a kid, I'd say, you know what? You don't have to pay me. I'll just take Tori home. Oh man. And by the way, I did check Tori's uh, Instagram account. Like you suggested <laughs> over I, and over again. I don't know why that's funny to me. <laughs> it is. It should be funny to you, but, uh, Billy Kidman for all the, you know, his bullshit was a pretty damn good worker. I have to say the, the matches in, in this show didn't make a damn. And the reason the matches didn't make a damn is the fans were waiting on flair Yep. And they, they were waiting on Hogan or Goldberg versus Sting. That's what they were waiting on. That was it. So we were just kind of biding our time until then. But here comes one of our favorites. Good-looking young man, Juventud Guerrera, who had these nice, real beautiful eyes uh, and was the WCW Cruiserweight champion at that time. Uh, I got re- uh, Recently, I, I got to see uh, a couple of the uh, luchadors wrestle. You know, I've, I've seen Pentagon Jr. I've seen Ray Phoenix. Those guys can do a lot of shit. And by the way, uh, just recently, and if you watch uh, Major League Wrestling uh, Fusion coming up, I-, I got to call a La Parca match again, who is now known as L.A. Park. But he is La Parca. And La Parca's gained a little weight, uh, and he's changed uh, his. Uh, do you realize how old La Parca is, by the way? What is he, 70? Well, that's what I'm saying. You're like, he's gained a little weight. He's 52. Okay. So, and so he's changed his work rate. He doesn't fly anymore. He just kind of brawls. Uh, 
Does he still hit motherfuckers with chairs? That's all we need. Yeah, he hits motherfuckers with a chair. Uh, and I think he also said uh, in English, stop the fucking music <laughs> on TV. So I'm sure we're going to have to edit that out. Why? Well, because we can't get away with fuck on TV, on being sports, like you and I can get away with fuck here. We just can't. I mean, we might, but we could do it once, right? Uh, you know, I have to often said, I often said that we should be able to do a show, a wrestling show on HBO and say what we really wanted to say. Like I could say, you know, look at that motherfucker fall. Well, we're doing look, it right. We're doing yeah. it right now. We're not right. on HBO. Right. And, but I mean, I mean to where the, you know, millions and millions of people can see it. And I can say, you know, he's digging it down in the head of Kidman and Kidman is selling as well as he can right now. And there you go. Billy Kidman falls forward. Juventud Guerrero is up top. And watch the motherfucker connect with a missile dropkick if the other motherfucker will get over in the corner and do some shit. Because he obviously was, oh, man, grab him in the hair, take him down. Uh, have you been watching any of uh, MLW Fusion? Oh, I, I never miss it. I watch it every single week. Okay. I, uh, you can be very, you know, we're friends. We're, we're good buddies. We're business partners. Uh, uh, I've, I've lost a lot. I really have. You can go ahead and say it. I, I leave. Uh, I leave a BN Sports taping all the time, thinking, why do they still want me to do this shit? I just, I'm not with it. Wrestling has passed me by. I appreciate uh, BN Sports and MLW and Court Bauer um, wanting to use me, but uh, my days are done. Anyway, here's Kidman on the outside. And he and Juventud are going to have a, for the time they were able to put in this match, pretty good match. Now, again, this is a three-hour Nitro. This is back when Nitro was three hours and Thunder was two hours and we were just doing too much shit. But we were trying to, and then again, that's why I'm saying the smoke is not, is not bad. Oh, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to stop here uh, from talking about this match and rambling on like you know that I can too. I would like to send out my apologies uh, to one of our low-key big hogs. Or glass bottom boat riders. I don't know which one he is. Uh, Mr. Ulala. I love Mr. Ulala. Yeah, Mr. Ulala. He got. He sent me a, a direct message, and he wanted to know. He said, "Are you mad at me?" And of course, I'm not. Mr. Ulala made me a nice little poster, where he showed uh, what it is to be a slapdick, and he had the lines. He had a picture of Bill and everything, and he did a promo. And then when he listened to the uh, the podcast from last week, he did not hear his promo on that podcast, and he was upset. Uh, apparently, Mr. Ulala, I couldn't find that interview. I, I searched for it on my tape. I couldn't find it, and I apologize. Your interview was one of the funnier ones. So thank you for being with us on Patreon and for being with us. And thanks for letting Tony fuck you around and disappoint you, because that's something I would never do, as you know. And, you know, as we were doing our What Happened When at StarCast, Right in the front row, right in the middle of the front row was Mr. Ulala. There he was. And I feel bad about it. And now you, you can't even give him the decency of including him. If I can find it, you know what? I, if I can find it, I'll put it at the end of the show. You should be no, fucking ashamed no, of yourself. No. If I can find it, I'll put it on next week's show. You should be okay. ashamed of yourself. Why? You just, I shouldn't be ashamed of myself. No. Disrespecting. Who the fuck are you to disrespect Mr. Ulala like this? I'm not. Well, he is from Louisiana. 
Oh, well, fuck him then. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Mr. Ooh, la la. You <laughs> That's why I didn't put you on there. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn corn dog. We're not fucking putting up with you. It's football season now. Fucking A. We're coming to LSU and we're going to kick their fucking ass. We'll lock you again come February. But for now, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> That's us, baby. Woo. That is us. Oh, God. Hey, you con- know what? Congratulations you know what con- on, on beating a, a scrub team over the weekend, by the way. Oh, really? Alabama had to get past the uh, the mighty Arkansas State. Meanwhile, you guys just laid out over there. Yeah. You're not kidding. And you know what? And I, I hope I don't lose any listeners by saying this, but if I do, so be it. Sure did break my heart that Florida lost to Kentucky. <laughs> I haven't done that since what? 1986 or some shit? Yeah, it was 31 years. It's awesome. Yeah, it was just absolutely. Uh, uh, I was driving back from South Carolina. And my son Chris called me. He went. He was in another car. He said, "Dad, I said, yeah." He said, "Kentucky just beat Florida," and I was honking the horn, going, woo, 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 woo. "Why do you hate Florida so much?" Uh, well, you just have to have gone to the Georgia Florida game for like seventeen years that I've gone and 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 being a being a part of that. I don't hate them. I don't hate anybody. Mm. I really don't. But I just dislike you hate him. you hate Billy Kidman. Yeah, you know, well fuck him. He's easy to hate. Uh and of course Evan Courageous. Don't like that piece of shit. Uh what about David Flair? Oh, I love David Flair. Wait a minute now. Okay. Oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Because he he used to uh Real. Yeah. yeah. But I don't hate him. I for David Flair, I'm saying go get him, David. You know? No, nah, nah, I'll hate him for both of us. No, no. You know, David would have been the type of guy. He would have been the type of guy that, you you know, you say, David, uh, congratulations on who you're banging. Oh, my gosh. Could, could you take some pictures and send oh, them to us? Oh, no. And David probably would have done it, wouldn't he? I, I, I don't have a comment. Come on. I don't have a oh, comment. I, okay. I'm, I'm digging deep to the core there. I'm, I'm hitting the family. I'm trying to, make, I'm trying to keep in-laws on speaking terms. I don't have a comment. <laughs> That happened so long ago. My God. Yeah. I don't think it might. I don't think he cares. I've, I've said too much. I'm going to be quiet now. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. He has you know a, who, he's married, you know? Yeah. I, well, I, well, shit. I know he's married, but I mean, back in the day, do you know who he was banging? Oh, why, why do you keep saying that? We're, we got to pump the brakes here. <laughs> We're not pump the brakes. I'm going to get in trouble for both of us. No, I didn't even do nothing. You know what? I'll put it this way. Okay. Had it been Tony Schiavone instead of <laughs> David Flair. Yeah. Okay. That's all we would talk about every week. Oh my God. That I mean, it I would be, I would, I would rename the fucking show. Yeah. And I would show pictures Lois. I'd say here, here's who I used to bang. I mean, you'd probably get a tattoo of it. <laughs> yes. I mean, that has to be, it'd be our number I mean, one selling shirt. Yeah. It, that has to be, that has to be. I mean, he owns his own business, but do you think if he had, if he filled out a resume, it would like be on there? I would be on mine. Banging Stacy (laughs) Keebler would have been on my resume and they would have said, Mr. Shivani, uh, we, we see that you put that you've had sexual relations with Stacy Keebler on your resume. And I would go, yes. Well, uh, we can't hire you. Mr. I I don't give a fuck. It's on there and you didn't, but I did. I mean, that's the thing that you tell every, it's just. It's like the, it's like 
the top. It's like, okay? it feels like you're almost making it the adult version of nanny, nanny, boo, boo, stick yeah. your head and do do. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's exactly what it is. So, yeah. So thanks for bringing up David Flair. And I'm sure the wedding is going to be great with all the members of the family there. Yeah. I appreciate that. I don't think you're even yeah. coming. Are you? Um, I'm trying to come. Yeah. Well, you've been trying to come for a long time. <laughs> Thank you very much. I tell you what else I'm trying to do, which I'm going to rue the day. I'm trying to come to Las Vegas. No, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. I feel like I should give everybody a peek behind the curtain as we're watching Kidman and Guerrero or Guerrero steal the show. Uh, this is the number one match on the show this night. I, I love everything Hooventude does. Uh, I think he's tremendous. By the way, it was in the newsletter that his uh, tight saying sweet surrender on the back were supposed to be an inside gay joke. That's directly from the observer. I don't know what that means. But supposedly well, somebody smartened up Dave and says, ah, oh, that's a, that's a rib. Okay. Anything about that? You know about anything about a sweet surrender? I, I don't know anything about that, but I, I do know that there had been disc- talk that he was gay. Yeah. I mean, I know for sure. I shouldn't say for sure. I've heard multiple people tell me that, you know, a lot of the, um, a lot of the superstars in this era would room together. And, um, it'd be like 10 guys to a room right? And they would all be naked eating a bucket of chicken. Right. And supposedly it wasn't gay, but it kind of was not. There's anything wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. You, you mean, uh, it, it, listen, when my, when my kids went to high school during the, the, uh, the nineties, they used the word gay as yeah, it's it yeah. Means something different. Yeah. Yeah. It meant something different. I, I get that. But, you know, I mean, so what? So Hooventude like burritos to, instead of tacos. To, to, I mean, to be clear, you know, I guess we should clarify. It was definitely meant as uh, a knock and a slam and it wasn't cool. And that sort of talk is not acceptable. And we've all learned. Right. But certainly back then, it was more common to to set, just throw that word around as a, like a dig. Exactly. Of course it was. And times, as we know, have changed. And you and I have changed with it. Well, I mean, I don't know how much we've changed since you were just saying, oh, if I banged Stacey Keebler, I'd get a tattoo and I'd tell my wife and I'd show her pictures. Yeah. Maybe times have changed when we click stop, but when we click record, it's, we're a couple <laughs> of 15 year olds. Yes, we are. And we just had a title switch. Billy Kidman wins the title. Fans go, uh, and you know what? They had a pretty good match here, Conrad. They had you a know great we're match just... and the fans had a big reaction. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the match of the night. Seriously. Well, yeah, I think so too. Uh, because the, 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 the Hogan, uh, sting or the Goldberg sting match had a little bit more attention to it. But then when Hogan got involved in the finish of it, it kind of fucked that up. Uh, love Perry Saturn, man. Absolutely love Perry Saturn. Now here's a, a we were peeking behind the curtain. Uh, oh yeah. Got, so I've yeah. got a bachelor party coming up. Right. And, uh, it's the end of the month and it's in Las right. Vegas. Right. And a handful of, um, my friends are coming and you were invited. Yeah. And I think somebody else in our podcast family put the heat on you and said, well, you could come for one night. Right. And they said that, oh, Shivani is going to be here for a night. And I'm like, no, he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Because we play Tennessee. Uh, we play Tennessee that Saturday at home. Okay. So I, okay. Uh, Right now, you know what's amazing about this interview that we're watching right now? No one is fucking falling asleep. 
Oh, it's JJ Dillon, who, by the yeah. way, was a show stealer at Starcast. I had multiple fans come and tell me that they were that him and Tully were the real MVP. That they just went over and above with fans. Really? Yeah. Really? Do you think JJ even realized he was there? Yes, I think JJ. If if I'm dumb enough to do another Starcast, JJ is one of the first calls I'm making. Not me. Uh, you, I just assume you're coming if I'm doing something like I don't even. Well, yeah. Well, I'm on your staff, man. I'm on your staff. <laughs> you just get the, the memo internally. Oh, hello. My name, Jackie Chan. I was tutored by Mr. Oh, commentary Ninja. Tall bad, uh, hang off Hollywood sign and new movie coming your way. I cannot believe you're doing this right now. Okay. Well. Can I get you to do this on the one night that you don't come to my bachelor party and we just FaceTime you instead? Cause I know you're not coming. Okay. So look, I, I can fly in. I hear Look, I can fly in on like Wednesday night. Oh, okay. You'll beat me there. Okay. Well, then I won't, I'll fly in Thursday. Okay. Here's the, here's the little thing where Eric is talking to Eddie Guerrero about me telling Eddie Guerrero, I'm going to send your Mexican ass back to Japan is what he's saying to Japan to work. And I just kind of wonder what this was about. I don't, I don't know if it was part of an angle or not. So maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to say, but you can almost see that this could really happen in real life between those two. Um, anyway, so I fly in on Thursday and I fly back on Friday cause I'd have to be, you know, I'd, I'd have to set up the broadcast Wednesday so I could be like there for one night on Thursday night. The, the problem is, I know what you guys are going to try to do. What? You, you're going to try to get me drunk as shit to where I miss a flight. No, I would not. I would not want you to miss your real job. Come on. Yeah. Well, Bruce Pritchard would. Yeah, but let's be clear. Bruce Pritchard, if he comes, is going to bed at 9 o'clock. Okay. I can't text Bruce past 9 o'clock on a weeknight. He's already in bed. Yeah, well, fuck him. Hey, so uh, let me add, oh, Tommy Young, you'll come here. You'll check me off. Uh, and by the way, the it's the real story. Can you believe that? He just, yeah. Yes. He says, Mr. Conrad, I, I tell you a whole story about, I clean up. Yes. So very long tour. I'm like, oh my God, it's going <laughs> to, and I was in bathroom doing, <laughs> you got to hear uh, the whole story. Number two, <laughs> he was taking a shit. No, don't, don't ruin it. Okay. Let, <laughs> let, let him tell it in his own words. All right. Yeah. Can't believe this is real life and really happening. So anyway, I, uh, I'll come out uh, Thursday. We're going to do something Thursday night. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll be there. I'm going to, I'm going to get a Southwest flight and I'll be there on Thursday. We've, uh, we've got late dinner reservations, uh, at a great steakhouse in like the old part of Vegas. And I'll, uh, I'll text you all the details. I'm glad to know that you're going to come. I'm going to get you a steak the size of your head. It'll be great. <laughs> it's a, well, it's a big fucking steak. Hey, but well, I'm going to, I'm going to diet now. And you can, eat, it, you can eat steak eat on this diet. You can eat steak on this diet. Yeah, I know I can. You just can't eat any of the sides, but you can eat steak. I can eat steak. I can actually eat anything I want as long as I stay within a caloric count. I I'm asking, I, really, I just texted Disco to find out uh, how many calories are in a sapphire. In a sapphire? Yeah. Okay. I will buy my ticket tonight, and I will be there. You ever eaten a sapphire? Eaten a sapphire before? No, no, no. Is that like some sort of hooker or something like that? What? No. What are you talking okay. about? That's not even legal in Las Vegas. Calm down. 
what hookers not legalized for bullshit. No, no, no. You're thinking that's a different part of Nevada. It's hours away. Okay. There, there's no legal prostitution in Las Vegas. That's a myth. Okay. And so when, but when Lois like, gets upset and thinks you're going to be out hanging out with, that's not yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Well, let, let, can I, can I ask you this? Sorry. That's an improper term. It's slang. I understand. Prostitutes. Yes. Yeah. W- ladies of the night. Yes. What do you think would, is going through Lois's mind? I've already told her this. It's, uh, honey, I'm going to Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh, you are. Yeah. And obviously he goes, hmm. what are you going there for? I'm going to a bachelor party. Oh my God, you are. Okay. Vegas and a bachelor party. Yeah. Who's bachelor party? Conrad's. <laughs> Jesus. How did that go? <laughs> wow. Yeah, she said, that motherfucker that you guys just do juvenile humor, we, I, are you nuts? I said, yes, I am. Wait, why would that be bad? Like, what are we going to do? Seriously? Nothing. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And by the way, all of my friends have been told, leave your fucking phones at the room. Okay. Don't say nothing. Just be quiet. Hey, how about the hell of a match here? Barbarian and uh British Bulldog on the outside of the ring. I can see, I can see my marriage, my job coming to an end. All That's what I'm saying. Weekend. If you don't want your marriage to end on Snapchat, people got to leave their phones in the room. <laughs> I got it now. I understand. By the way, uh, Sapphire is an, is a gentleman's club, a shoe show. Oh, the Las Vegas ballet. A shoe show? Yeah. All right. Tony, occasionally there's a place where men go yeah. and they sit and sit in chairs and these yeah. chairs touch a stage. Yeah. And there's may or may not be poles on this stage. Yeah. And then people walk by and all you really get a good look at okay. are their shoes. Are you trying to tell me naked women's going to be there? No, I didn't say that. I said, I'm taking you to a shoe show. See okay. our buddy disco. Okay. That's what I said. All right. Well, there you go. So uh, I'm sure the uh, podcast that we do that following week is going to be a good one. What do you think? Is there a chance we could get you and, uh, this guy to do a little dance off? You think? Yeah. I, I, you know, I, Hey, hell, I, I, I even, I'm a pretty damn good singer. I've been told. No, Uh, people are lying to you. Let me just tell really? you. Yeah, you sang at um, Starcast, and it was it was the it would have to improve to be the drizzling shits. It was real well, bad. Why did everybody stand up and cheer? Well, they were happy it was over. Oh. British Bulldog couldn't get the barbarian up. Yeah, well, because he's 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 hurt. Yeah, hey, and look at him. You can tell from looking at him, he's not well. Right, he's hurt bad, and yeah. he's he's probably got some personal stuff going on too. But he's hurt bad. There you go. He's that's not selling the back. He's just hurt. Right. I feel bad for him. It is sort of sad to see him like this because you know how bad he's hurting. Right. And there you go. Snickers not going yeah. anywhere for a while. That's going to be Tony when he gets, uh, put on timeout <laughs> after the, after the Vegas show. Yeah. yeah. By the way, uh, Jimmy Hart is on Twitter and he promotes uh, his famous bar in Tiki deck on Twitter. Oh. Exactly. As we do here on the show, really word for word. And you probably read it in my voice. If you'll just go follow him on Twitter. Well, you know, uh, w- one of our low key big hog members, Lucha dad said, uh, and he's from Florida and he wears La Parca mask when he comes to MLW shows, he said, he's down for that. He said, we need to do our show at the Tiki bar. 
No, I'm down for it too. If you'd like to follow Jimmy Hart, and I think you should, he is at real Jimmy Hart. And let me read you his tweets from the weekend. Can I do that for you? Yeah, that'll be great. Okay, here we go. All right. Hey, baby, come to my bar and Tiki Dick to watch all the NFL games. 103 South Ocean in Daytona Beach, baby. Let's get ready for some football. A few hours later. Love college football in Daytona Beach, Florida. Come to my bar and Tiki Deck and take in all the games. 103 South Ocean, Daytona Beach, Florida, baby. A few hours later. What's better than watching all the NFL games at my bar in Daytona Beach? Come check it out. 103 South Ocean, baby. The next day. <laughs> hey, baby. ATVs at my bar in Daytona Beach. Parentheses. 103 South Ocean inside the Mayan Inn. In parentheses. Come watch all the NFL games with the Sunday ticket or stop by on Saturdays for the college games. And now just recently, Hey baby, for personal appearances, email real Jimmy Hart at gmail.com. God, I love Jimmy Hart. Dude. I mean, he knows how to sell. Yes, he does. Uh, yes, he does. He was the hardest working man. He got, he got, Jimmy got mad at me and I understand why, but, uh, why, you know, I, I guess I through the years I did piss, piss a lot of people off. Didn't really mean to. Oh, the lights are. I didn't get this. I didn't understand. Was this a part of this the Chucky movie thing? This uh, lights blinking here with JJ and uh, Gene. I probably knew it back then. And then he heard a maniacal laugh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know. I, I know they. We did something with a Chucky movie. I'm not so sure what it was, but there was no payoff on it on the show here. So what the, oh, what the fuck is going on? I don't know. I don't know. We just did some weird shit, man. Um, man. Okay. So we've got, uh, by the way, it was Tiger. child's play. I mean, you're right. Chucky okay. movie. But still, it's just, this is all the same episode. Oh, wow. Look at there. Down with the thickness. Fire in the middle, man. You guys, okay. uh, you guys were ahead of your time with the Nitro Girls. Yeah, we were. We absolutely were. I think they were. They. I think they were kind of the forerunners to what do you see in the NBA today with all those dancing girls and cheerleaders. Actually, and, they had them way before you guys. I was being a smartass. Yeah, you guys were woefully behind and just were? tried to use this and Wildcat Willie as a way to make it your own sports franchise, but nobody else picked it up. Instead, they just had uh, Sable come out there and strut that ass with nothing on. Well, that was good. Come on in. We join the, the nitro party brought to you by mug root beer. Hey, let me mention that great friend of the show. Cassio kid has a nitro videotape. He's trying to find, he did a nitro party and he has a VHS. He's trying to find And Apparently he spears the fuck out of his buddy on it. Wow. And they, um, they painted the blinds in his friend's kitchen where it had the WCW Nitro logo on it. And one of his friends is on the outside, like peeking through. And he says, it's time for Nitro. And the other friend has the blinds hooked up to a drill. So they close very fast and it shows the Nitro logo. And then from out of nowhere, Cassio spears the fuck out of his buddy. This is real life. And there's a VHS tape that he's trying to find. And I think it will blow up on social media if he's successful. Wow. I hope he finds it. I wonder if it's in his attic. It's probably next to my fucking belt. Yeah, could be. Which I've given you, up on, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you should. Uh, you know, never give up. 
never let me, let me, a young man. Let me tell you this. Never give up on anything in life. Wait, wait, you just wait. never know. You just told me you were giving up on MLW just a minute ago. Well, besides that, never give up on anything in life. Uh, Jim, the anvil Nightheart comes out here. He's not going to have a match because, uh, we're going to have, uh, the warrior come out with the disciple. Uh, this hell of an angle here, man. I'm, I'm excited about this angle. No, I you're was, not. No, you're not. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I am. I'm, I'm at, uh, you don't really, you can't really, you don't know this because you can't see it. And I'm I can't talk about it, but I'm at the, the nitro set with a Woody right now. Cause I'm really excited about this angle. You had a lot of hope and faith in warrior because you had seen what he had done in the WWF and you were expecting right. it to happen again. Right. So when, when he did that 20 minute rambling session, you didn't think, boy, this is the drizzling shits. No, no, because we could have had, uh, we could have had, uh, two 10 minute shit matches in its place. And, and again, if you're going to have a shit match or you're going to have a promo, I'll go with the promo any day. You would too. What do you think about the OWN as opposed to the NWO? Yeah. It's weird that like he was such a big Oprah Winfrey network fan, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I mean, I guess he gets it though. I mean, he's probably walking around the locker room, much like Oprah. You get a shitty match and you get a shitty match and you get a shitty match and you get a shitty match. Shitty matches for everybody. We're going to give away tickets for free to everybody. Everybody look under your seat. It's a refund for this shit show you're watching. Everybody's a winner, Turner. That's it, man. What do you think That's his book club consisted of? He's an Oprah Winfrey guy. It's probably the fucking okay. secret, huh? Okay. Uh, probably a couple of Tom Clancy books, I would think. A couple of Daniel you know, Steele's. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe something by Noah Soloway. Yeah, I would think uh, absolutely. Uh, and I, I would probably think a couple of Clive Cleave books. In there. There's some good shit, man. I know it's I, not. I mean, this I, is awful. Let's run through this. The ultimate warrior and Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake are in the ring. And Hulk Hogan is pretending to be scared to jump in there with him and 19 other guys. And by the way, so, his heavies consist of buff Bagwell and Stevie yeah. fucking Ray. I know. Yeah. And I think, and, uh, by the guy, uh, there's Mike Jones over there too. You Who? missed him. Mike Jones. And of course, here comes Eric Bischoff out. As well. I don't blame him, man. He's just a very mysterious figure. Just what are you, what's a, wrong with you? Why are you into this? Well, I guess, I don't know. I just, again, I go back to this and slapdicks agree with me or not. I just, I like things out of the ordinary. Why? Look, while the black scorpion things were happening with the magician and all that bullshit, I was kind of into it. And the reason I was into it, because I'm just looking for something different. That's all. Well, you're going to little... find something different in Vegas. Can I tell <laughs> what you, what, you my, what my buddy Jeff from Florida has lined up? Uh, no. So I'll tell this you on gonna... air or, or your family's going to hear. I shouldn't tell you. Yeah. My, my kids will hear. Okay. Well, let me just say it, invo it involves lunch mate. And Wait a, a minute. And a kiddie pool. When you say lunch meat, do you really mean lunch meat? Yeah. Boar's head. Something real nice. Something real classy. Real. You sound like, you sound, 
cousin Eddie there. That's what I was doing. Real nice. Real Mark. nice. Real nice. <laughs> oh, God. What have I got myself into? How long were you and Lois married? Uh, 37 years. That's cool, man. Yeah. Same age as me. Yeah. And it's, uh, coming to an end my life and your wedding or your marriage going to end around the same time. Yeah. Well, the only thing I can say, if I, if I, if, if I were David flair, he ain't coming by the way. Okay. He's not going to be there. I can't have anybody related telling tales. Yikes. Ah, it's nothing like seeing Silver King that's come you, out. That's you right there at the at the bachelor party, just walking in, oiled up, flexing. <laughs> I'm down 25 pounds on DDP yoga. <laughs> Where are the white women at? Bring me that lunch meat, boy. <laughs> lunch meat, kiddie pools, white women, down 35 <laughs> pounds. My God, here what are we, we go. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Well, my life was good at one time. Uh, So uh, let's see. What do we got here? We got got Norman. Oh, this is a uh, handicap match. This is a two-on-one. This is like me and you against Scott Steiner. I'm not fighting Scott Steiner. Mm. Oh, this is like this is like what would happen. If we would fight Scott Steiner, by the way, you heard any good buff Bagwell stories lately? No. Uh, yeah. I heard, uh, <laughs> no, just be quiet. <laughs> just, just be, I was just kidding. That was for me and you. Come on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know we freestyle, but come on. Okay. I heard a couple of, them. how about a fucking tomato sting in the front row right there? <laughs> I never get tired of seeing Colonel Sanders on Scott Steiner's tights. Yeah, it, it's good shit, man, isn't it? Look at Scotty, buddy. It's just unbelievable. He's, yeah. he's he's like a cartoon character. I know, absolutely. It's like, well, let's see, uh, let's see, you draw just a couple more muscles on his arm and put another bump on top of that muscle. Look at Buff Bagwell with the. I mean, it looks like he's going to come paint your house. Yeah, I know, exactly. With the, with the white overalls. And, and, and it goes back to something I've talked about on this podcast before. I would watch this, and he would go out with Scott, and I'd say, he's Scott Steiner's lackey. And then he got pissed off at me for saying this, when in reality, the booking committee was making, or the booker whoever it was at that time, was making him be Scott's lackey. Don't yeah. get mad at me for saying it. Get mad at them for making you be it. Hmm. Fast, Sherry. I just... uh I just don't know, man. I just, Scott Steiner is a uh, fuck. Look at that fucking scary fucking dude. Jesus Christ, man. I don't blame you for hobbling off. What are you talking about? Well, because, you know, you shit your pants and ran at uh, what happened when the Starcast. I don't blame you. When he, when that music hit, I don't blame you for running because you just don't know what he's going to do. I mean, you really, or. You don't know what he's going to say. And we found that out. My God. See, there's, there's, there's his lackey again. But you know what I think of? You know, I, I'm sorry. I am forever tainted when I see Buff Bagwell. Because you know what I think of when I see Buff Bagwell now, don't you? What Hashtag you baby is? dick on Showtime? No, my, I think about a... 
his mom shaving his bag. Oh, I, that's I thought the, you were going to say Cowboys for Angels. No, no. His mom shaving his bag. That's what I think about. I just, I can't get that out of my brain. It just, I don't know. I don't know. What's he doing right now? Uh, he's got his foot. Which one? Buff Bagwell. What was, what was the move there? He put his leg on Norman Smiley's chest. Right. And they pulled back and was choking Norman Smiley with his leg. Did you know he got calf implants on MTV? What? Yeah. Who did? Buff Bagwell. Calf implants on MTV? Yeah. What they, they had, they, they videotaped it? Yeah. Are you serious? 2005, there was like a, um, I want a famous face TV show or something like that. Yeah. And, um, Buff Bagwell talked about how he got, uh, calf implants, but they, uh, cut the circulation off to his feet. So he had to get them removed. Good God. What would it take someone? I don't know. I knew Lex Luger had very small, minuscule calves, but I don't know why. I don't know why, still... but I love that you use the Ric Flair minuscule calves. <laughs> he used to say that to Luger all the time. He used to say, yeah, big arms, big chest, little minuscule calves. <laughs> Meanwhile, Flair all... wears his knee pads around his calves because he's self-conscious about them. Right. How about he's stacking them up here? Yeah. Steiner or Kleiner, and look at Silver King trying to fly away. That's, that's you and me. That's that could have gonna, been you and me at Starcast, right? That's there. that's gonna be my, my honeymoon right there. You're gonna be in the middle. <laughs> I'm not gonna say who's on the bottom. But I'm gonna be on top of him be trying to fly away. <laughs> Get my ass back to Georgia. I got a football <laughs> game. I ain't got time for these shenanigans. I got a bad neck. I ain't done enough yoga for this. What is this? Downward facing dog? Fuck. <laughs> Get me out of my... here. You got my selling down pat, buddy. Fuck. There's his lackey. Yeah, I said it. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Yeah, well, that's what I heard. No, he didn't. (laughs) No, I didn't. (laughs) 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 He's buff. He's the stuff. Uh, Scott Steiner is the man, buddy. Jesus Christ. Oh, fuck. Can you imagine? I mean, here's the thing too. When you're silver King, you're fucking yeah. legit helpless. Like yeah, right. when he picks you up by your arms and flips mm-hmm. you upside down in the air, like you're going mm-hmm. wherever you're going. That's exactly right. It's a good thing that you got straight with him. I would have hated to have had to whoop his ass at Starcast. I would have hated for that to happen too. <laughs> of course I ran like a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> you just did well, shit, uh, you, I mean, we're supposed to smarten people up. You didn't tell me you were going to sing. You didn't tell me that he was doing a run in. You would think you would give me a heads up on some of this stuff. I planned you like good surprises. Tommy young barbarian Medusa. And you planned me the world's worst singing and a damn near ass whooping from Scott Steiner. Why? Well, I, I didn't do that to you. I'm sorry. I was looking at fire's boobs. You, what were you saying? You were, you were t- saying Said something. your hair looks nice. Okay. Uh, and then there's uh, Whisper again. God bless her. What a great girl. Hey, hey, if you want a nitro party, if you want to be like a Casio fucking kid, uh, one CNN Center, P.O. Box 60, Atlanta, 30303. 
I bet, he, it, I bet he was just doing it for the root beer. I bet he was too. Knowing that dumbass. How long has he and uh, Big Booty Judy been married? Uh, I think it's a year. Yeah. Really? It's a year and change. So like 15 months or something. It's a year of her life. She won't be able to get back. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know that you know this, but, uh, she moved. So what do you mean? She moved. I mean, he lives in Alabama. She lives in Louisiana. She left him. No. They're married. Yes. And they're living in different states. She has a job. Oh, okay. So she's doing her job down there. So he's like, uh, yeah, he's hanging out with you. So everything's okay. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, I'm not getting in any trouble. Yeah, no, I know. Dude, I'm, I'm, uh, Hey, I've buddy. changed. Yeah. Right. I, one thing I've learned about you, you got trouble written all over you. No, I don't. I'm a oh, nice, yeah. I'm a nice oh, guy. Yeah. I know that's not saying you're not a nice guy. Nice guys are trouble sometimes. You're a nice guy. You're a great guy. I'm just saying. You're a wonderful guy. You can always tell if Judy's in town or not because if you call my house and Cassio's laughing in the background, yeah, Judy's not here. But if you call and Cassio's not here, yeah, he's putting some miles on it. <laughs> All right. Well, good for him. I hope that I hope that marriage survives. What? What a weird fucking thing to say. Of course, it's going to survive. <laughs> well, you, not all marriages do. I just hope it survives. Well, I, I not hope, all marriages survive. I hope yours and Lois's uh, marriage survives Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I hope we're still married October third. Well, the wedding is October thirteenth, so you, okay. you need to hope for October fourteenth. Okay, because you know Rick is going to go right over to her and be like, "God oh my dang, God. did you hear what Tony did?" Oh my Conrad, God. Conrad showed me the Snapchat. It was unbelievable. Oh my God. I didn't know you they know, could stack baloney that high. What was that, <laughs> <laughs> what was that again? I didn't know they could stack baloney that high. <laughs> okay. What, what, was, what was Tony doing with all those cold cuts on that girl? Yeah. Uh, Apparently he was saying his baloney had a last name and it was T O N Y. <laughs> oh Lord help me. Oh God. And you know what? I I'm still trying to get off. Uh You're trying to get off. Calm down. <laughs> what are you saying? Can I can I finish your sentence here? I'm still trying to be able to get the game off to come to your wedding. But <laughs> it's less likely now than it was yeah, an hour ago. But one thing that definitely is happening, Lois is definitely coming. With or without me, she'd definitely go be there. So, uh, whoa, my, my life. It over. Uh, I, I, I look at this match, and here's, uh, here's what went through my mind when I'm watching this giant going to go up against Ming. Uh, Ming, again, probably the world's uh, biggest badass. But he was nothing but a glorified job guy for us. And, and why was that? Is that something we've talked about already on this show before? I'm not sure. I mean, because, look, you know that they put this match together and they think, oh, it, this will have a, it'll be a pretty good match. Yeah, it will be. But Ming is, everybody knows Ming's going to lose here. So it really means nothing. 
Oh yeah. We talked about this during the, um, bash at the beach on the actual beach recently when he took on sting that you said he was right. basically a glorified job guy. I agree. Right. He should have gotten, he should have had opportunities to get some wins. By the way, it was my first time meeting him in real life at yeah. Starcast. Great man, isn't he? Well, you just know that, uh, that's a person that you're supposed to respect. You're not, you're not kidding. And you don't have to be told that. You just like, uh, touch his shoulder and you're like, nice to see you, sir. And then, you know, right away, like, okay, I have to be nice to him. <laughs> right. Exactly. And whatever he says, like, I, we're doing that. All right. Hey, I heard a story. I don't know if it was about Ming or about the barbarian. Did you hear the ketchup bottle story? No. Okay. Either Ming or the barbarian. There's been so many stories about both of them. We're in a bar and they had this bottle of Heinz ketchup and they were drunk and they were going nuts. And they took the bottle of Heinz ketchup, and you know how thick those bottles are, the old glass bottles, right? Yeah. And broke it over his head. Boom. Okay. He's acting crazy. They call the cops in. The cops come with the mace and spray him in the face. He jerks the container out and sprays it in his mouth like it's a banaca. That's what type of people Ming and the Barbarian are. Greatest guys in the world, but if they got a little bit in them, don't fuck with them. Fire water. Exactly. Let Do me, not fuck with them. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you know anybody who has Banaka? Uh, n- well, no. I used to have. Didn't you used to have Banaka? Long time ago. Well, that's what I'm asking. Like, do you do you know anybody now? No. Who uh-huh. uses Banaka? I just looked it up. It's still a thing. Okay. Well, I'm then. If it's still a thing, that means they're still making a little bit of money on it, and they're, uh, they're just, still selling it. I just added it to my cart. <laughs> I got peppermint-flavored, sugar-free, 150 instant breath-freshening sprays, a Banaka Blast that lasts. Yeah. You know I, what? I, I, I'm going to start using that whenever on my other shows when we're selling Blue Chew. Yeah. Uh, the Blast that lasts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? If I ever had a date with Stacy Keebler... A blue chew followed by a banaca, baby. That's the that's the jam. That's the plan. That's the plan, man. Absolutely. It's funny. Everywhere I turned at Starcats, I saw a blue chew sign. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, then I then I met David Green. Oh, our sales guy. Yeah. Hey, and I I, I stuck my hand out. I said, hey, Tony Schiavone. She says, Hey, Dave Green. Nice to meet you. I say, Hey. How come you're not selling my fucking show, motherfucker? And I walked away. And that's kind of the only thing that we had to say to each other. Well, I'm sure that I'm sure that'll help. You went to that Eric Bischoff School of Management, I see. I, I learned from the best. I really did. Jimmy Crockett, Eric Bischoff. By the way, it was written in the dirt sheets that once Janie Engel blindsided Bischoff by resigning, Bischoff yep. went on a tear trying to mend fences with everybody in the office to people he thought he had treated poorly or slighted current yeah. and former employees. Do you remember the Eric Bischoff apology tour? I do. Rem- I don't remember the apology tour, but I do remember that when she resigned, he completely changed his demeanor because she was so valuable and such a great person. And he thought that if he, if he was treating Janie Engel wrong, then something was wrong with him. So, yeah. He mellowed considerably after that. No question. 
No question. We like. I should. We should uh, get Janie Engel on. Well, no, she wouldn't be on one of these podcasts. Why uh, not? Because it's juvenile humor, and she's above this shit. No, she's not. <laughs> she is. Gotta love me some Janie Engel. By the way, uh, go to TomZinc.com if you haven't already. I want you to come okay. see us in Charlotte, and we're going to be at the Comedy Zone. And it's happening on November 11th and tickets are on sale. Now just go to tomzinc.com. You don't have to worry about missing a Panthers game. Uh, we're not running head to head with the Panthers. You can come check us out Sunday, November 11th, three o'clock comedy zone right there in Charlotte. It's going to be our only North Carolina show for at least a year. Uh, check it out. Tomzinc.com. And if you'd like to see us in Nashville, well, this is easy. Go to lowkeybighog.com. We're going to be there on December 16th, which is actually my dad's birthday. So I'm going to try to convince my dad to come to Nashville that day and take him to dinner at the Palm and make him have a good time. And then, uh, come see our show where we will make fun of him for saying Patron. Mm. Well, that's great, man. I, I, I like to see Larry. I've eaten at the Palm in Nashville too. It's right next to the arena. Uh, and, uh, that's, uh, you know what? I have uh, my daughter wants to come, Laurie. You know, uh, had the wedding that you were there and obviously a big part of. And she said, "Dad, I want to come to that show in Nashville." And I said, "You're not allowed to come to that show because I would not be able to be the Tony Schiavone of the podcast if I looked out in the crowd and saw Laurie Schiavone sitting out there. So she's not allowed. So anyway, hey, this is uh, this is going to be uh, kind of a gross thing here." Everything about this is gross. They're doing an angle here where they're playing off Scott Steiner or Scott Hall sobriety. Right. And the gimmick is Virgil or Vincent rather is carrying a brown paper bag with a bottle in it. And Scott Hall came to the ring drinking. And then when he got through the ropes, he's stumbling around and the belt falls off and he's acting tipsy the entire time. Like he can barely do any of his taunts and struggling to climb the ropes and they're really playing off of his struggles with sobriety. And Bischoff said this week on 83 weeks that he was embarrassed by this. And it's one of the handful of things that he really, really regrets doing and says there's no excuse for it. And he was embarrassed to watch it. Okay. And it is, it is kind of very difficult to watch. Understandably. So. And then you're going to see that he's going to end up puking on Eric as well. And that even, and then people are laughing at him and that even makes it even more uncomfortable. Um, so if Eric is embarrassed by this, why did he sign off on it? Did you ask him that? Cause I know you grill him. It was his idea. And he said at the time it felt like the thing to do. Now he can look back and say, wish I had that to do over again. And Scott apparently agreed with all this. And more than likely, Scott was really legitimately probably not as drunk as he played here, but probably had a few in him at that time as well. Did you get to talk to Scott at the, uh, at Starcast? Yeah, we caught up a lot. He, um, if I do something like that again, he'll be involved. He could not have been better. Well, good. That's good. I, man, I really wanted to see him and I, he was there and someone said, you see Scott Hall. I said, no, where is he? I said, well, he just walked. And I just missed him and I really wanted to see him. He's doing great. Uh, he was in great spirits. Could not have been a nicer guy. Love to do something with him again. That's good. Good. Because legitimately and all you slapdicks out there know this, one of the great talents of that era. 
No doubt. No, yeah. Or as you would say, no question. No question. Is that one of my sayings? No question. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm wondering though, did you just really like shoot quit MLW on the air a few minutes ago? Did I just do what? Did you just really quit MLW? No, I'm not quitting MLW. I just, uh, I just don't think I'm doing a good job. Oh, but fuck that. You haven't I, done I a good don't. job since 95. <laughs> I, ju- I just think that, but I, but back in 95, I was kind of in the business here. It's, it's the business has passed me by. No, no. Are you, like, are, you, are you still getting checks? Yeah. Okay. Well, the business passed you by in 95, but you kept cash on the last 23 years. What's the difference? Really? Well, the difference is I realize it now, but yet go to patreon.com forward slash. No, come no. on. The business that we got on Patreon is a little bit different business than we got on MLW. No, same, same. No, 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 no. People we can listen at this point in your life. Do you remember Gordon Soley at the end of his career? Uh, no, kind of. Okay. Do you know who Gordon Soley is? He was an announcer. Yes, I remember him. Do you remember when he worked for WCW? Yes, I do. That's Tony Schiavone now. No, no. Yeah. No. No, people. Gordon, people, Gordon, well, Gordon, Gordon never motherfucked a bunch of people like I did. No, no, I understand that. He was just drunk half the time. Right. My point was Gordon at the end of his career was maybe not exactly the announcer he was. 20 years prior, but people were so happy to have Gordon there and be a part of the program that they overlooked it. And that's you. Like you can start saying suplex and no one will correct it. Yeah. But I, I, but I'm okay. And I, and I understand that, but that's not how I, I, I just, I'm just, you know how I am. I'm no, overly listen, critical of myself. You are, but you got to get out of that. You've been phoning it in on your marriage for 25 years. You've been now, phoning it. What? How do you know? You tell me this. When? Earlier today. You know, my kids listen to this podcast. Well, that's on them. I mean, listen, okay. when does the bad parenting stop? You know what okay. I mean? Like, well, they're, they're adults now and there's going to be a, a text go come to Lois's phone probably, uh, sometime on Thursday. So, uh, well, in fairness, she won't see it unless it's on Facebook. Yeah, that's true. And they'll say, Mom, uh, you know, Dad's been phoning in phoning in the last 25 years. And you know that she's going to say, Ha-ha, who are you telling? Did you see what Geraldo said today? That's the whole, I mean, that's the whole fucking conversation. Yeah, that's about it. That is about it. <laughs> God of mine. <laughs> <Just fucking. laughs> you know, you know what? No one can pump me up nor bring me down like you can. How did I bring you down? You just uh, re- with reality. Oh, <laughs> the Geraldo coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! How about Scott Hall mocking Lex Luger here with the bowed yeah. out arms? Yeah, I know. It was tremendous, man. He was absolutely tremendous. Luger, isn't, isn't just it crazy when you look back and you think about the career trajectory of these two guys, like? Luger was a top guy sooner and got the bigger push and the bigger payday the entire time when Luger's getting that push, by the way, Scott Steiner's in the business. 
And he got his push and his big money so much later than Luger. I mean, Luger outpaced him in a big way on those big money years. It's just weird to think about. Is it not? Yeah, it is. Now here's what he's also doing. Everybody made fun of Lex in the backstage area about the way he locked up. So did you see that? Yep. He went to lock up just to show how Luger would do that crazy lockup of his. And then he backed away and laughed at him. Because, you know, Lex was kind of, well, it was very uncoordinated. Luger had just signed a a three-year contract here with a huge pay raise from Eric Bischoff. Hmm. And right there, by the way, Luger did not lock up that same way and didn't know how to do it. Right. (laughs) Very self-conscious of it. Oh, God. Luger's an enigma in this business. By the way, did you get to catch up with him at StarCast? Luger, I did not. Multiple people made a special point to come over and tell me nicest man they ever met in their entire life. Really? You know, he is, uh, obviously we've talked about Luger when he was maybe not that guy, but today a nicer man you have not met. I'm glad to hear that. He was always nice to me. And I know that, you know, that Lex, uh, God, I mean, some very bad things happened to Lex Luger late in his life. Obviously the fact that, you know, he lost movement. He was in a wheelchair you know, he was there, uh, you know, when Elizabeth passed away, some very bad things happened in his life. And I'm glad he has turned out the way he's turned out because he could have gone the, the, the other way. Yeah. See, this is really, this is getting really stupid now. Takes a swig, tries to get in the ring, busts his ass. But that's good. And, and, you know, I, I saw Lex at a University of Georgia practice a few years ago because he and Mark Rick were teammates at Miami. And uh, Lex and I talked for a little while. It was great to see him. So good. I'm, I'm glad he was there, and I'm glad you, you brought him in, and I'm glad he was very nice. Sometimes it, it takes terrible tragedies to make you realize who you are. I, I feel that everybody has good in them. Sure. Except maybe Bruce Pritchard. Well, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, but, but <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you know, that's funny. I hate to say that's funny, but that's funny. It's like he just, he went to lock up and he passed out. Okay. It's uh one of those things that doesn't age well. Yeah. It wasn't cool then, it's much less cool now. Right. Right. But you got to say, man, he uh he played the part, didn't he? I'd like to go back and and you know, I can't remember what I'm going to go back and watch this match a third time now. I'm going to go back and see what my commentary was about cuz I'm not so sure. I have a feeling I was not I was not instructed about how to handle this. Did I handle it? Oh, this is terrible. When were you instructed? Yeah, that's, that's a good point. But I mean, I I should have been instructed like this is, uh, you know, this is uh, the, we do not condone this action. He needs help. Uh, he's a great performer. Uh, I don't know. Probably, you know what we're probably doing? We're probably selling Goldberg and Sting. Probably ignoring this match altogether. Shows you how much. All right. 
Bischoff's so you think Eric enough. Was, yeah, you think Eric is, was embarrassed right here? No, or, I think he's thinking this is going exactly as planned. Okay. All right. How's the and that, so he's going to come out and Scott's going to come out and he's going to puke on Eric. Uh, and people are going to laugh and then the puking is bad enough but when people laugh it just it it just becomes really sad. Um, but hey, you know what? Memorable. This whole thing is this whole thing is for better or for worse, you remember it. Yeah, but it's for worse. Okay. I agree with that. So here comes K Dog down in these pajama shorts. You know, he's with us in MLW now. Really excited to see that. Good dude. Yeah, you're not kidding. He's a good dude, man. What a mega star, too. And uh, so they all come down for a little intervention here. How happy are you that I can stop saying this guy's going to be a star cast? That guy's going to be a star cast. No, it was fun. It was great. Uh, now you, when you say, uh, are you going to start doing the star cast Roman numerals? You're assuming I'm doing another one. Well, for God's sake, why, why fucking wouldn't you? I did. Hey, listen, okay. <clears throat> here's, uh, here's a little inside information about Starcast that people don't know about. Every time I would go up to Conrad, I'd say, uh, Conrad, here's, here's what you do. You're looking at your phone and you're texting about You go, huh? Say, yeah, well, we're going to do the, our, our uh, podcast. Yeah. And you look back and you text again. Conrad, huh? Uh, we got to, you know, we still got to do our podcast. Yeah. Uh, we'll do it at midnight tonight. But I got a meeting. Okay. Conrad, are uh, you going to come? What? I mean, that's the way you were. You were, you were, you were, you were, you were too busy enjoying the event and how big the event was. Oh, Hall spitting up everywhere, all over. That's so, yeah, but you were too busy enjoying how big of this event was. I wasn't and you have to know shit. by reading the internet right now and reading social media, it was one of the top wrestling events of the year. You have to realize that. So put a, put a Roman numeral two in front of it, and 2019 is coming up. Come on, baby. It's going to be like Super Bowl. It's StarCast 2. It's StarCast 1, 2, 3. It's StarCast IV. It's StarCast V. You're going to need an IV in Las Vegas. I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm afraid of that. I am. Okay. Here's the moment. This is the moment. This entire show is built around man. By the way, one of my favorite flair stories ever about Las Vegas is he talks about going to Caesars, getting the big room upstairs. Wait a minute. Stop. Where are you going with this? He talks about JJ Dillon. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not your story. Uh, okay. Uh, with JJ Dillon and whenever JJ tells the same story, he talks about all this food that flair ordered. Right. And he specifically goes out of his way to say steak, lobster, Caesar salad. <laughs> I don't know why, but the idea that JJ is such a detailed guy that he even remembered, not just the steak and lobster, which is clearly, you know, the food items that are the, the big ticket items that you would try to mention in a big way with the penthouse yeah. suite and blah, blah, blah. But JJ always threw in Caesar salad. Like, I don't know why, but if I ever find myself eating lunch, 
I'm going to order with him. I'm going to order for him. Yeah. And I'm going to say, I don't know what he wants for an entree, but I know he wants a Caesar salad and just hand the menu. And if he looks up and says, that's exactly right. How did you know? I, it's just going to make me so happy. Only I will care or know, but it counts. <laughs> just a wild guess. Does, am I wrong? Does Arne Anderson look like the, uh, the Catholic priest from the first, uh, church of the Ascension in Rome, Georgia here? Well, everybody's wearing these collars, even you during this show. So you can't really knock it. He's trying to look like he's right out of a fucking boys to men video here. Yeah, no, but look, everybody's wearing these non-collar shirts, but he looks like a freaking priest. He looks like, you know, uh, bless me, Marty, for I have sinned. Dr. Martin Lundy. A serious Um, business. What do you think? uh, Do you think Arn could pull off a... um, a, uh, a boys to men cover. Uh, he might be able to, <laughs> I think that'd With be that, funny. Yeah. Okay. So you secured the, you don't think uh, I'm not sure. So I love the mic cube here. Yeah. The old nitro mic cube. I got to get one of these because that thing pops. You know what? You know who I bet you has one. Neil Pruitt. Absolutely. Do you see Neil? I saw Neil. Yeah, Neil's a good kid, man. He was a, uh, you know what he did? Uh, you know, as I'm trying to work my way through the crowd at, at StarCast, uh, you know, you, you kind of, if you got to get somewhere, you kind of keep your head down because, you know, if somebody sees you, you want to say hello to them. You don't want to blow off anybody. But if you try to get somewhere, you keep your head down. So I'm trying to get to, I don't know, an autograph signing or a meet and greet or something. And, and Neil Pruitt in a real loud voice goes, Tony Schiavone and everybody stopped and looked at me and it was good to see Neil. So he's probably got that mic cube. So Arn Anderson here cutting a promo, telling a story about how, when he couldn't stand up for Ric Flair this last year and people were questioning him, why don't you stand up and be the man you've always been? And he's saying that he couldn't because he's trying to start a new beginning. And tonight is a new beginning for the four horsemen. Mm. And of course there go all the fingers. Everybody's throwing them up. People are ready for flair. They're going to start chanting. We want flair when he's right in the middle of the story, talking about how Arn Anderson, the wrestler died a year ago on an operating table. But now the horsemen are going to ride into the new millennium, but be careful what you wish for. They're not nice guys. They don't wear white hats. And then of course the big introduction of Ric Flair, but one by one before that, he brings out Mongo, Benoit, Malenko. And this was real, you know, yeah, what's, the, real. what's great about this is the, the last time Arn was in a big segment like this was the whole, my spot promo with Kurt. And it was like a real moment. Like. There are times in wrestling where, you know, it's storyline, you know, it's scripted, you know, it's a wink and a nod, but some things just really hit you in the feels for lack right. of a better word. And the Arn Anderson, my spot thing was certainly that, like you just felt like this was, a, it was important to him. So therefore it's important to us. And I really do think that's what sort of translates to a big moment to me. It, if it's Roman Reigns saying suffering succotash because that's a line that Vince McMahon wanted him to say, then you feel like, ugh, that's fucking stupid. But 
when it's Arn Anderson talking about my spot in the horseman, and I'm going to give it to you. That's not any spot. Those other spots rotated. This is my spot. Then it feels like, oh shit, this is the guy's, the title he's held the most in highest regard, not tag title, not TV title, but the title of the enforcer and the horseman. That was a big moment. Right. And a year later, here we are with another big moment, I guess 13 months later, but whatever. And again, Arn Anderson is at the forefront. I think while these both segments would have come off just fine in a different way, Arn Anderson is what made them special. I agree. Uh, and one of the reasons Arn Anderson made him special is because Arn Anderson was one of the best ones on the stick. Really? that we've ever, ever had. Well, it was, it was believable. Like for instance, right. if Mongo was to do it, he'd say, baby, they thought the horsemen were dead, baby, but they're not throw them right. up. Rick flair. Woo. I mean, that, right. And if Benoit was doing it, it would have been, you know, through a sneer. Right. And, you know, but when, when Arn says it, Arn almost says it, you know, and I know you sort of made this analogy a minute ago as a joke, but Arn almost says it like he's a Southern Baptist preacher. Like he's selling. He's, he's right. preaching and he's hitting the emotions and it's just a different deal. And it adds an air of realism, especially when, you know, especially at the time th that he's talking about his best friend here. And so you don't well, have to really explain that that's his best friend. You just know that. Well, I go back to, and I, I go back to the days, the old days in TBS of the TBS set. When I used to hold the microphones with these guys, go back and listen to some of those, watch some of those that they would all have something to say. And, of course, Flair would be, you know, way up in the air, way out there, and, you know, kiss, stealing, wheeling, dealing. Tully Blanchard would say something. J.J. would say something. But Arn Anderson would always be the guy to bring it back and talk real about what was going on. And he was always kind of, yeah, he was the enforcer of the Four Horsemen. I, I get it. Uh, but he was also the anchor of the Four Horsemen. There was no doubt about it. He's the one that came it up, came up with it, and uh, he's the man that sold it. So I get it. Uh, this was a real moment. Now I tell you, what, it was a real moment because I, I I know what we are, what wrestling is. We all know what it is. We all know what it's been really through the years. But the four horsemen were real. These guys ran together. They partied together. They were the reason that you watched WCW Saturday Night in the eighties. God bless Dusty Rhodes. God bless Magnum TA. God bless Jim Cornette. But the reason you watched it was the horseman. And this was a real thing. They really hung out together. They really partied together. So it was real. So when they talked about it, it was real. And Flair is going to be talking about it as well. And this is, uh, we're going to see Flair walk out here legitimately crying. No fake tears legitimately crying. He was coming back home. He was back. A lot of bad things have been happening to him. And he was coming back to Greenville, South Carolina. I'm going to tell you something, Conrad. Every place that I travel, every place I travel, no one recognizes me more than people in the state of South Carolina. It was Jim Crockett Promotions territory. But South Carolina, for some reason, are into us. Give you a I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a little story about my trip to South Carolina this past weekend to the football game, but I want to kind of get into this moment with Rick and Arn here. 
let me ask you a question that I don't know if there's a really anybody knows the answer to this or not. Even if you don't know it, or even if you do know it and you rather not say, I have heard, and I don't know the answer to this. I guess I should ask Arn because Arn and I talk. Later in life, down the road, did Arn and Rick have any problems? Yep. yep. Okay. Now, you don't have to go into it. I had heard that, and that breaks my heart, knowing how close they were. They, they really legitimately loved each other. No, they, they still really do. They, listen, they're still on speaking terms. Things are better now than they once were. Um, you know, they, they do appearances together. They'll, you know, they're, they're not cross, but they're, okay. they're not, they're not best friends like they once were. Well, life goes on and you, you, you know, I mean, they were best friends because they were traveling together back then. And yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. I'm glad you mentioned that because I know a lot of people get really upset at that. And I've never just said it, but I've never been put on the spot like you just did. But the reality is most everyone listening to this has worked a job before with someone. And they, that was like their best friend. They saw him every day at work. They spent 40 hours a week with them. They hung out on the weekends, but then one of you moved on and got another job and you're just not as good of friends anymore. And that doesn't mean that you don't care about them or they're not still your friend. But you're just not with him 40 hours a week. And look at that pop. Look at the crowd go nuts when he says, I get accused of being racked in the head a little bit. I almost forgot the fourth horseman. Ric Flair, come on out here. Yeah. Man, the yeah. crowd goes bananas. And you're actually going to give the time and date because you're, you're saying you're witnessing one of the greatest yeah. moments in the history of the sport. And a lot of times you said that about, you know, Sean O'Hare and Glacier, but here, this is a real moment. You know, one of the guys who WC, the guy WCW was built around. Yeah. Coming back. A lot of our listeners say that they listen to us on long drives because they travel a lot. Uh, and if you, and we appreciate that. I'm telling you go home or if you got it on your phone. You need to see this. You know, what's funny is I went to visit Dick Bourne like five years ago when we were at his house in North Carolina and we we're trying to show an older friend of mine, some old clips of flair because he only remembered flair from like the seventies. He didn't see any of the stuff from the eighties or nineties. And I mentioned this to Dick and he said, Oh God, he's got to see that. And we showed it to him. And I mean, you just get the sense. I mean, even our, our older buddy was like, that was real. I mean, the promo you're about to hear, this is real. And the respect from the fans, this is real. And this is a guy who thought that, you know, Hey, I might be done with WCW. I might never be back there. We're suing. I'm sitting at home, hiring lawyers, miserable and unhappy. I'm not with my friends. I'm not doing what I love. It's all been taken from me Mm -hmm. because of this asshole, Eric Bischoff. That really is the way he felt. And so now he's here and Bischoff says, go give it to me. Can you imagine? Yeah. It would almost be like if somebody invited Scott Steiner to get on stage with me and you, and he got to just let it loose. I wonder who would do that. Fucker. Uh, 
This is a, this is a wonderful moment. And you know what bothers? Can I can I give a personal uh, thing here? Yeah. What bothers me about this moment? What? I didn't remember it. What do you mean? This should have stuck with me to the end of time. And it didn't. This, it didn't. You, this, when I told you what show we were covering, you didn't remember this. Did not. Wow. No, no, that, that, that's not entirely true. I remembered Flair returning, but I didn't remember where it was. I didn't remember what was said. I didn't remember when it happened. I wasn't sure if it was a pay-per-view. As a matter of fact, when you and I talked about doing this, I pulled up the wrong show. And I'm watching this thinking, is that really what we're talking about? Remember, and I sent you a text. I said, I'm watching the right show. And you said, no, you're watching the wrong show. I should have. This should have been, if, if anything in my career, back in my career, should have been instant recall. Because people say this all the time about this podcast. Tony doesn't remember shit. Yeah, that's true. I should have remembered this, though. This should have been number one on my, my list. Because at that moment, and they're going to come to me afterwards, and at that moment, and I even said the date, the time, it just escaped me, and it shouldn't have. Because this is, a, this is one of the great moments ever. No doubt. Yeah. He's cutting a promo right now about how Bischoff yeah, called him and told him, disband the horseman. They're dead. Yeah. And man, he's just hitting another level. One of the best promos ever. And you can just look in his eyes and tell that he's, he's sincere and he gets so fired up. He bites his tongue and starts bleeding from the mouth here in a minute. Right. This is real. Yeah. He's it's saying exactly this, what what, he's this saying. isn't great TV. This is real. It's not a bought right. and paid for situation. What a scene. I mean, look, look at that scene. And what's cool too, is you've got the quote unquote commissioner of WCW JJ Dillon, yeah. who's really the old manager of the four horsemen just propped right. up in the back. Yeah. I know he's kind of, he's kind of leaning. He should have been, should have been look at flip. Yeah. The flair's getting ready to bite the tongue right here. Or he's getting ready to have a stroke. I don't know because he's pumping it out here. Look how red the face is getting. Dude, he's so sincere. Yeah. That's what makes it so great, though. Is, is he believes every word he's saying. Yeah. That's what made the horsemen great back in the 80s, Conrad. They believed everything they said. They believed it. And, of course, we believed it. They were believable motherfuckers. He's talking about how Bischoff squashed his best friend. One of the best performers of all time, Arn Anderson, in one night when they did that stupid parody. Right. And in a few minutes, Bischoff's going to come out here and threaten to cut the mic. Right. And Flair is just going to flip the fuck out. Yeah. And say the words in this promo that I guess are remembered more than anything else, right? Fire me. I'm already fired. Fire me. I'm already said it like twice. Here he comes. It's so great. Yeah. And he, he starts yelling abuse of power and you're an overbearing asshole. Right. But the, the best is when he's screaming, fire me, I'm already fired. And he's shaking his hair every which way. <laughs> right. 
He called him a son of a bitch here too. Oh yeah. You're a no good son of a bitch. Yeah. 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 It's my TV. It's good. That's good shit, man. It's, it's ripping the jacket off. Uh-huh. This is going to be the promo he cuts on me at my wedding. <laughs> oh God. I'm not so Shivani sure. Shivani showed me the Snapchat. You no good son of a bitch. Oh. Michael Hayes has it on Instagram. You overbearing asshole. That fucking, that fucking Michael Hayes is coming. No. Oh, How God. Did, wait, you know what? I didn't tell him. Let's fucking call and tell him right now. Yeah, you better call him. Yeah, tell him when he gets there. I'm going to make sure. I'm going to make sure. I'm getting, I'm going to pay a bouncer like $500 to beat his ass just for the hell of it. Okay. Fire me. I'm already fired. Fire me and we go to black and we come back. And then I say it was one of the greatest moments in the history. And you know what? Legit. It really was bar none. Look there at you, you goofy none. fuck with your double breasted jacket and your, I'm, I'm in a sincere moment here. Motherfucker. And that's all you can say is goofy motherfucker Look with a you. double breasted jacket. Look at you. By okay. the way, if, if you're listening and you've got one of those old nitro logos, like on the front of the desk, yeah. slide my DMS. I need that. You need that? Really? Yeah. I need it. Okay. Jackie Crockett may have that too. You never know. Will bird may have that. Well, Will, oh, bird. Will bird needs to come off it. Yeah. Will bird was, uh, a guy who was, uh, uh, kind of like a uh, production manager back in the day, worked for David Crockett. And I may be able to find that for you. We'll see. Here comes DDP. Yeah, baby. Of course, a DDP, I guess, did he win a shot at the title? Yeah, he won uh war games. Okay. So because he won war games, he gets a title shot at Halloween Havoc, which we've covered in our archives. Right. Which is uh, one of the worst matches ever with Hulk Hogan. And the warrior with the flash paper that just won't go. And then the pay-per-view right. actually went off the air yeah. before we saw finish. So, yeah, yeah, we were on the downslide after this, uh, but, and the fact is that he and Goldberg had a hell of a match after it went off the air, DDP remember? ran into an area of the crowd. They couldn't even shoot. Should have right. thought that through. No, somebody should have smartened him up. Yeah. Here he is putting on the headsets. He's ready because your main event is going to be Sting and Goldberg. And of course the winner is going to headline Halloween Havoc against Mr. Diamond Dallas page himself. Absolutely. What's funny is DDP six, seven, Tony Schiavone, five, seven seated, same height. Hmm. What can I say? My chair was higher than everybody else's, but you know what? I don't like now that I'm looking at it. If you look at it, with Heenan standing up, he's higher than me. What the fuck? Oh God. What in the world's wrong? I like that. It has the date September 13th, 1998. It couldn't just say yesterday last night. Well, they knew that we would be watching it here Shut in 2018. Look out. See, look at this back to the set. Heenan is high. If I knew that he knew it would have been higher than me, I would have stood on my chair. <laughs> fuck. Listen, you know, good weasel. Yeah. Is that the only tie you have, Heenan? That yellering? Fuck. Paige is so fucking cool, man. Jesus. 
I was so glad we had him on our uh, surprise guest on our podcast. You and I have really not talked much about that uh, since that happened, but that was pretty cool having him on there. And I saw him at Stark. Look at this. It's Arn Anderson. No, it's a pumpkin head. Sorry. I thought it was Arn Anderson's head at one time. By the way, I just told Michael Hayes about the uh, bachelor party and he replied, what? With four question marks. Yeah. So I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to text him. I'll say, I'm going to be there. Motherfucker. You should be. Y'all can fly out together. Bad street USA. Just Let's get not go that far. Just get Michael to get Vince's plane. Yeah. He has his head far enough up, up Vince's ass. He should be able to get it. Goldberg fears chili cheese as a sign in the crowd. I know. I don't get that. I, I don't know. I, I got to tell you, I know it gets a lot of criticism, but buffer doing the ring intros for the main event gave it a big fight feel. It did, but in the, in the, in the confines of timing, I, I think a lot of times he just went too long. You guys let the warrior ramble on for 22 minutes. You guys. Yeah. I mean, you, you were producing TV. I mean, it says producer about your name. Okay. Okay. Hey, we haven't talked about it. Cody Rhodes won the NWA world title. I know. So that means that we've got father, son, NWA world champions. First time ever. That's the great story. That's the belt that meant the most to you as a Ute. And now the son of the plumber's son. Right. Has it. And he's got a belt that looks like the belt that I remember. Right. Almost identical. I know. And they were, uh, and you had pins at Starcast. That's right. And I got one of them. I did not. Dave Lagana jacked them. Really? I mean, technically they own the design and they own the belts, but I would have, I would have liked to have had one of my own since I bought them, but you know, it's what else. Okay. I, I can get, uh, I can sell you mine. I appreciate that. I'm sure he'll Dave. hear this and get mad at me and just mail me one. Yeah. Well, you ought to mail him one, David motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's Dave Hancock or Dave Silva. It's Conrad fucking Thompson. Fucking promoter of the fucking year. How about if he wants, if he wants a pin, give him a fucking pin. Sting's not wearing gloves. No, he's not, but his face is as red as it can get. Isn't it? He looks like brother love. (laughs) Well, how great would it be if sting tomato sting here broke out the, I love you. (laughs) You want to talk about the crowd, man? They would start turning their heads like a dog hearing a dog whistle. Like what the (laughs) fuck? Uh, here comes your man Goldberg. I'm my man. Yes, sir, buddy. One of the great Georgia bulldogs of all time. By the way, it's so fun to me that people legitimately think I hate Goldberg. Like it's a gimmick on the show. I've never even met him. He's probably a nice guy. Yeah, he really is. You know, he kicked Brad Hart's head in the fifth row. How about that big gold belt right there? Like in lane and main. Oh, nearly busted that ass like Bambi with them new legs. Wouldn't that wouldn't that have been something? Wow, come out and busted his ass. 
Serious Bad business. Man. Why does Goldberg? I love this entrance, by the way. They did this at uh, All In for Cody and um, his opponent, Nick Aldis, for the NWA World Title Match. This boxer entrance like this. Yeah. But I, uh, I've always found it funny that this superhuman, I mean, he's a goddamn Tyrannosaurus Rex. He needs like female police officer following him around. Right. Yeah. I, I felt, I always felt this way too. Then of course there's Doug Dellinger waddling his fat ass behind him too. Like he's going to protect anybody. If somebody gets out of line, Bill, don't you worry. I'm going to yell. I got a flashlight. (laughs) Dusty Rhodes used to say, he said, fucking Doug Dellinger has been in the police force for 40 years and he's still a buck fucking private. (laughs) And we used to laugh. Oh God. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, but it just, he wasn't, he never was promoted to Lieutenant Sergeant. Oh. The prime. How about the, uh, the, the entrance here, one of the best entrances of all time. Is it not? What with the sparklers and yeah. everything? Yeah. Yeah. And he used to suck up that smoke and blow it out. His nose. Did the cameraman not like doing this shot? Uh, apparently I don't know if he did or not. It's a great fucking visual. Yeah, it is. If you're, if you're not a wrestling fan, you would see that and be like, okay, this dude's a badass. I know. Yeah. And, and that's why, that's why I, I really like the entrances. I, I don't like all the pyro. Of course, I think pyro is overdone, but We're, you know, I go back, I, I go back and I, I think about what I'm watching now on the WWE TV and, and of all the entrances are just, all the entrances are just so elaborate. They, don't have, they makes, don't have any pyro though. Yeah, but still, I mean, it's all video. I understand, but it, 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 it's so elaborate. It takes away from the match. In other words, and then the bell rang. Oh, here we go, Bruce. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I'm sincere. I'm sincere. Boy, sting looks kind of, I didn't realize till right now, but that red paint does not suit him. Does it? No, it looks stupid as fuck. It does. Fuck, it's something like Bozo would have worn. All right. It's, uh, how long is it going to take him to hurt Sting? <laughs> <laughs> That's the Tony Schiavone I know and love. There's your answer right there. <laughs> Picked him up. Power slammed him down. Right now, Sting's. Sting's eyeballs are like one of those slot machines in Vegas we're going to see next month or in a couple of weeks. Wait, so you are going? I'm going to go the first night. I've already told you I'm going to go. Can the you first imagine night. the fun Michael Hayes is going to have with you? Well, <laughs> fuck. Okay, Look. I just sent him a text. Okay. I'm going to be there in Vegas, motherfucker. You should be there too. And it says red, and he read it, but he hasn't answered me. Okay. So there. <laughs> So I'm going to send him another text. Don't answer me, motherfucker. Terry Gordy would have. Oh, yes. You got to say that. <laughs> I don't think I'll go there. <laughs> have you heard his uh, Gordy impression? No. Well, talk to him on the phone for eight minutes. It's coming out at least twice. Okay. Because he, he, he'll always do Gordy talking to him. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> like that's his go-to for Gordy impressions. Saying his own name. The way Terry did. <laughs> Michael. 
<laughs> what the fuck are they doing, Michael? What do you mean you ain't going to Flair's son-in-law's bachelor party, Michael? You know marijuana's legal in Vegas now, Michael. No whore ain't legal. That's in another part of Nevada, Michael. Where's the chicken ranch? Dude, that's not there. Like, I don't need... First of all, I'm surprised you even know what that is. Actually, I guess I am. But no, it's not there. It's, um, I'm Googling it right now. It's in <laughs> Pahrump, which is a great name. Pahrump, Nevada. It's nowhere Pahrump. fucking near Las okay. Vegas. All right. Well, then, uh, don't have to worry about that part of the trip. Did you think, did you think that was going to be a thing? You never know. Oh, I'm sorry. It's an hour and 15 minutes, so it's nothing for you. You'll probably get a fucking Uber there. <laughs> you just, I mean, I, I'm listen, not doing I, that. Listen, I'm going out there to have fun with my buddies and eat steaks and play cards and yeah. bullshit, but, and, and maybe drink too much, but there's no way that I'm going to, you know, break the sanctity of marriage. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, uh, I was wondering it, uh, as your buddies, as part of your buddy, uh, Taraj, uh, are buddy, we responsible to pay throws. for this? Are we responsible to pay for this shit? No. Okay. Cause then I was going to bow out like all my other friends would have. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I've done okay in my life. So I, I don't, I don't need anybody to pay for anything. I just would like for you to join me. Yeah. And I'm picking up your dinner tab. Like every okay. time that I have dinner with Bruce Pritchard, it will be no different. Yeah. Well, I'll be there. I'll be there on Thursday. We'll have a great time. It'll be, it'll be awesome. I'm going to have you, uh, gargle some Jack Daniels. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fall on that plane back to Atlanta drunker and shit. Yeah. I know I am. Let me ask you this. Do they drug test in your other 4,000 jobs? No, they do not. Oh, you're good then. (laughs) Why? Wait a minute. Well, I'm just going to say, allegedly there might be a gummy bear there (laughs) and I'm going to tell you to eat just an ear and you're going to think I'm kidding and you're going to eat like nine sour patch kids. And the next thing we know, we're going to have to like strap you down in our van, <laughs> like take you out in the desert and you're going to do like your own burning man, <laughs> just run, running around like Mr. Chow with your little baby bird's nest. I have two federal agents bring me to the, to Stanford stadium for the Tennessee game. Yeah. So we've so, got to drop hey, this Kirby, guy off here. I'm here, Kirby. Don't you worry. We're going to be on the air in just a minute, Kirby. Hope y'all beat the shit out of them today, Kirby. And then when Kirby gets mad at me that we haven't come down to him and after the game in time, I'm going to say, put him on, put that motherfucking on motherfucker. I'm running the book of the fucking broadcast. Not you. Somebody. How many times have we not been on the goddamn air Kirby? Why don't you ask that? Have we not been on every other fucking time? What's different about today? What's different is I ate nine goddamn gummy bears. I thought they were regular Harvey's. They wasn't. But I'm still here. Do you That's have my it. address for my severance package? <laughs> my, <laughs> my life is over, but I'm going to go down having a good time. Look at this. Sting is probably like shitting in his pants right here, man. Oh, oh. God. Can you imagine a tombstone from Goldberg? Look at that. He flipped it right. Perfect. Yeah. Nailed yeah. it. What a great <laughs> fucking tombstone that was. Of course, Goldberg doesn't sell shit. Right. <laughs> It gets up. He's the opposite of Jimmy Hart. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 
He apparently does not know about the beans and taters. Mm. Fans are into this one too. Look at them standing well, up. They're into the star power. It's two big stars, tomato sting and Goldberg. Yeah, they, they are. But again, they're standing. They're standing because they're ready they to see it happening. They don't know what's going to yeah, happen. Exactly. So, uh, you know, a, a hell of a show, I think overall, I mean, I know the, the smoke and shit with the, the warrior was not good, but, uh, or you didn't like it. Well, it's fucking but. stupid. Listen, when, you, see, when you're using smoke, dude, it's stupid, but see, you have a little bit of everything here. We're going to the finish. The finish is going to be, he's get, he gets him in the sharpshooter or the scorpion Deathlock, If you will, Goldberg tries to roll out of it. And then Hogan comes in and causes a finish that the referee didn't see. They kind of fucked that up a little bit, but. The referee is trying so desperately to get his legs out under the rope. So somebody can yank him out Mm -hmm. (laughs) and no one's there. Right. And Goldberg's just not wanting to stay in the submission move on the off chance. It might make him look weak. (laughs) And I think sting is having to legitimately try to put it on. Just fucking work with me, Bill. Help. (laughs) And here comes Hogan and Hogan's going to reach the God. Uh, golly, Billy Silverman's almost straddling the ring post here. He's trying everything he can to just get, he's basically right. standing on the floor. Yeah. So now Hogan's going to reach across. Silverman's not going to see it. He should have seen it, but of course, and then he kicks sting Silverman is like, what the fuck happened? And uh, jackhammer spear in the story, spear jackhammer in the story. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad in hindsight, they didn't throw this thing out. Okay. Oh my, look at that. Huh? It's a badass motherfucker right there, buddy. About the sign of the crowd horseman 420. Wow. It's going to be you in Las Vegas. (laughs) Gummy barrel mania. I have another bag of them sour patch kids. One, two, three. You know, uh, Cassio Kid's going to try to feed you a peppermint fatty. Oh, my God. Cassio Kid's going to be there. I forgot that. Yeah. Fuck. It's my best friend. Who's, uh, here come uh, Bret Hart stumbling down. I hope he's not trying to do anything with Goldberg because this could end badly. <laughs> Isn't it funny that he, he's pushing Hogan out? He's, take, he's, he's saving Goldberg, who's going to end his career years from now. I mean, really look at the talent that's in there though. Four of the biggest stars ever tomato sting, yeah. black and white Hulk Hogan, right. Goldberg with the belt and old hop along Bret Hart. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. I've always appreciated too. When randomly a wrestler would just take his shirt off for no reason. Like just right there. There's no physicality. Everybody's cleared the ring, but Brett's like, I'm gonna take my shirt off. I know. And why would you with Goldberg looking the way he's looked? No, I don't mean that. It's just, it's like when you're on cops, like, oh, I'm about to be arrested. Take my shirt off. <laughs> so hell of a nitro man. And, and again, I look at this, some, I look at these shows and I look at the crowd and look at the talent. Like you just said, right? The talent, in the ring, how in the world did we fuck this up? Carefully, oh. quickly. Oh, swiftly. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I know. I know how we fucked it up. That guy who's, right, who's writing the book. What's his name you talked about earlier? Guy Evans. Guy Guy Evans has all the fucking answers because that motherfucker was there. 
that's how we fucked it up. Check it out at WCWNitroBook.com. Hey, by the way, I can't help but notice when I look at that clock, Mm -hmm. it's about that time. And we're going to Las Vegas for the main event here at the MGM Studios. It's the Disco Inferno and Tony Schiavone going up against the Casio Kid and Conrad Thompson in the Lunch Meat Championship of the World. Going to pile that baloney on top of their bellies, and they're going to have... (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with this. I guess I need to pop a gummy bear or two. But we're desperately out of time. If Tony Schiavone survives another week... Of his marriage, just knowing Conrad Thompson, it'll all be amazing. We'll see you next week on What Happened When on the MLW Radio Network. And for our good friends, you'll get it every Monday on Patron. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, Scoop, you want more of Conrad Thompson and Tony Schiavone? Yeah. Then do you know where you need to go? Where? Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. They got like behind the scenes videos and new content every week. Every week? Oh boy. That's right, buddy old pal. Every week. Scoob, look out behind you. It's a ghost. A ghost? Where? Like right over there. No, that's just Lois. Zoinks, I suppose you're right. She's just covered in dog hair. <laughs> Say, Scoob, when was the last time you went to LoisRules.com? LoisRules.com? Yeah, you know, one of the hottest sites over at ProWrestlingTees.com. It's the only place to get your t-shirts from What Happened and When. I love What Happened and When. Then you should go, like, totally check out LewisRules.com. Like, which reminds me, Scoob, do you know what we need? Scooby Snacks. You're totally right. But we should also pick up some supplies over at BoxofGimmicks.com before we head out with the gang. Hand me that checklist. Here you go. Okay, let's see. Coffee mugs. Jerk. Performance pullover. Jerk. Beach towels. Uh, check. Koozies. Uh, check, check. Okay, well that shit about covered, Scoob. Now we'll be able to go show off our support of what happening when something to wrestle with in 83 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Shaggy, what about Slap Dick Teeter? Oh, you mean with Kellner's and Dumas? Yeah. Not to worry, Scoob. He'll be returning to Patreon soon enough. Soiks! Scoob, I just remembered. Yeah, what's that? Conrad and Tony are hitting the road. Where are they going? They coming with us? Free not, my four-legged friend. They're totally going to be in Charlotte on Sunday, November 11th at the Comedy Zone at 3 p.m. Oh, boy, the Comedy Zone? Yep, they're doing a live show. We gotta buy our tickets at TomZinc.com. What about Nashville? You're so totally right. Jeez, almost forgot. What happened when is coming to Nashville on Sunday, December 16th for a live show at Zany's. Yeah, let's go to that. Well, then let's just log in to LowKeyBigHonk.com to buy some tickets. Would they have food? I'm not sure. Then I'm not going. Would you do it for a Scooby snack? No. What about two Scooby snacks? Hmm, maybe. Three Scooby snacks, Scoob, and I'll buy you a plate of hot chicken. Hot chicken? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You got a deal. That a boy, Scoob. We'll totally see you all in Charlotte and Nashville. Get your tickets at TomZinc.com and LowKeyBigHog.com. Yeah. <laughs> The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 